All right, just wrapped up the pod. RJ, gone. So who's left to read the commercial? Well, it's me, Scott. Hey, what, did, what did you think of the pod today? Thought it was great. Fez, what did you think of the pod today? B plus. B plus. Whoa. Why? How could we have been better? I don't think we had enough convictions on games we really liked. I don't think we particularly liked the card all that much this week. Do you? Did you? Are you? Do you feel it was a B plus because RJ disproved your theory that the Steelers are awful? I don't know if he disproved it, but he made an excellent case. <laughs> all right, I think you guys are going to enjoy this, and you're also going to enjoy this uh, saving money fifty dollars off coupon code code coupon code gold. 50 gold five zero go to pregame.com click on buy picks add to any package any subscription put it in your shopping cart at checkout you're going to see this uh place that says coupon code boom you put it in gold five zero fifty dollars off anything so you want a season-long package you want a weekender you want a 30-day pack what they got a ton of stuff available there's there's options to fit any budget, and you can now save $50. NFL and CFB combo access through the Super Bowl, $875, guaranteed the lowest price ever, and that ends soon, and you pay only $825 when you use the code GOLD50. Uh, and, of course, Fezzik, in, listen, I'm not going to tell you how many units Fez is up year-to-date. He's going to tell you in this podcast, so don't worry. If you're wondering, who, who should I buy? Well, guess what? Fez is going to tell you who you should buy. 97 units. Fez, I told we're not going to tell them. They might not be able to find it. I think they'll find it. Uh, and whatever you get at pregame.com, that's gold five zero. All right. Enjoy the show. Week four NFL roundtable full house. To my right, A.J. Hoffman. Doing a pretty good job today. And... Him and Scott doing a good job on Straight Out of Vegas AM. In between pick and winner, Scott's doing power not PowerPoint, you're doing design work. Graphic design, yeah. Did you like during the pandemic, did you have ads like on Craigslist for graphic design? I did not. I should have. To my he was selling feet pictures during the pandemic on Is Craigslist. that right? Well, yeah. don't give it all away now. <laughs> Guy feet pictures? His own feet. Well, I got to tell you, I'm impressed. <laughs> I mean, if you can if you can sell pictures of your feet, you could sell anything, really. You think about it. Bignaturaltoes.com. How do you know that? <laughs> okay, I'm disbanding the podcast. <laughs> and that's Mr. Big Toes Natural. What, what is it? Big Natural Hose, I thought he said. <laughs> well, that might, be, that might actually be something. <laughs> We're pro-women here. At least I am. Oh, Faz, you? You're pro women, right? Yes. Scott, you are. <laughs> Absolutely. You've got to get married at some point. <laughs> I, are, you're not like, like um, Liberace. In the, it's like he just hasn't found the right girl yet. No. No. <laughs> We're not judging if you are, though. Problem is, I've found too many of the right ones. There was that good one Friday, that good one Saturday. Yeah. Vegas has helped. Why don't you settle down with a nice girl? Settle down with a nice girl every night, and then I come home to you, man. <laughs> Uh, okay, that is um, Goodfellas. Yes. Uh-huh. And we got also pro-women, Mackenzie. All right, let's do it, guys. We got a full house here. All No buys. And what do we have? We have a triple like. We have another triple like. That's two. We got three double likes and two crossfires. That is a full meal for anyone Let's get to it. Fez, your best bet. Best bet, Denver Broncos plus three at the Raiders 
I don't get this line. Double like. I have a three weight on that. You got a five weight. So I'm going to keep this simple. Uh, both these teams have underperformed versus expectations. I think by a similar bent overall. Vegas at 0-3. Yeah, you know, Denver um, certainly not playing nearly to the level of the contender that we thought they would be. But I mean, it hasn't been a disaster. I don't understand. Well, I, I think here's the thing: the score. I mean, you could make the case the. Sc- well, I guess they're two and one, aren't they? They, they almost beat Seattle. You know, yeah. McManus makes that kick. Boom! They're three and zero. Oh. You know what? The, the, this the, it, it can only be the coach, and and the seeming disdain for how out, out of his depth he is. At least with all the things going on, Hackett. Yeah, exactly. And the one thing I will say with Hackett that I like is that he was like, ah, "I can't manage the game. I'm going to hire somebody." I like that. And and instead of being dogmatic, stubborn, like I'm not going to change anything. Well, so first of all, it wasn't his decision. The owner decided, uh, right. or, or the GM, or whatever. Uh, right. I think it was Peyton. Yes. Is that how you remember it? I know it wasn't. Uh, from what I understand, it wasn't Nathaniel Hackett, and it wasn't the Walmart. First guy, off, so. you, you yeah, he doesn't know Goodell's <laughs> name. Uh, he does. He was mispronouncing. Little. I mean, that's rich. That's all I can say. <laughs> Remember the drop? How many? Uh, how much is enough? Well, if you have enough to not buy an NFL team and mispronounce Goodell's name, yeah, you got enough. <laughs> you got enough. But they don't think like that. Fez, what do you think about this? Because we got a double like on this first half. More than because you get rid of all, all of, the game management, all the late? game management, or most of them. That mm. seems like a big deal. Let me think about that. Now, let's so, see. so grab the grab the plus. You know, by, yes, if you had to choose between two and a half and taking the, you could take the first half plus one half. But that three, boy, I don't, yeah, I don't point. see right the now, Raiders right, winning by margin. Right now, it's two uh, two point seven in the market. So in between two and a half and three, contest line is three, which means we're getting three. And and let's let's look at the line history here. During the summer, this was a pick'em. All right, last week. Line was two. Raiders minus two. What have the Raiders done to make to be worthy recently? Because of, of, the of, weird thing is, losing that game makes it more of a must-win. Losing week three means their season's on the line here. You know, I agree with that, but it's being fully and totally priced because not only I could I could argue, okay, instead of two, what's that worth? You always say with that extra motivation, half a point. All mm-hmm, right, mm-hmm. maybe even three quarters of a point. And I'll be honest with you. Just like when you have a team that needs to win for the playoffs, some teams sh- sh- uh, get nervous. The, the pre- Let's be honest. If you're a car, you're thinking, I was being talked about for the Hall of Fame by Colin Cowherd a month ago, and Colin's off the ship, right? Because I was watching that uh, Sean Payton segment today. I mean, he's like, you know, I like Carr more than most, but he didn't. Uh, it was like no Hall of Fame talk, right? So Carr goes on four. And Adams comes out there because, you know, in a way, it was an investment in Carr. Has he responded well to pressure historically? No. Yeah, I mean, this is a big game. And I think at a certain point, it's not about are they going to be motivated? It's are they nervous? Do you agree with that generally? I, I do. Season's on the line. And remember, the Raiders are a team. This is this is um, new territory for them. This is a team that has been. Cursed with bad luck off the field, but my goodness, the ball has bounced right for them. The last three years winning close games, last year winning four, four, all four overtime games. This is the first time I would argue that the Raiders have had to deal with you know a real adversity that the season's about to go into the garbage can. As far as Derek Carr being clutch since 2015. Or not clutch. 
since 2015. Oh, this is going to be the fourth quarter comeback. Yeah. yeah. He's got the most fourth quarter comebacks they're behind and the most, most game-winning drives. But they're behind. How many opportunities did he have? Sure, the opportunity makes them in. We and, understand well, you would that, argue, but he's well, coming through. But you would argue that that's just an aberration, that, that, that that's unsustainable going forward. You know, there is no clutch in most sports. I don't know if the Raiders... Oh, well, hold on a second. If that's the case, see... That's interesting. You don't think Michael Jordan was clutch? He was, he's exceptional. He and Tony Perez are the exceptions to the rule. The base of the Cincinnati Reds? No one the- is more clutch than Tony Perez. No one. <laughs> go, go, go back to the 1967 All-Star game and on. All he does. Go, go I've the never 75- heard him with such a strong take on base. 75 oh. World Series. He single-handedly won the World I think Series if, for the Reds. If, I think if you believe that, some, that there are people who choke in big situations, and you have to believe that the other side exists. What he's saying is the whole there's no hot hand. What's fascinating about there's no hot hand, right, which was shooting a basketball, for 20 years there was people gloating, and then they actually found out that study, there was an advanced PhD or, you know, a higher-level person that looked at it and said, oh, you're, you're counting this twice, and it ended up being there was a hot hand. That came out about three years ago. There's a whole book about how it got turned around. So as much as we think we're sure of all this stuff, but, Fez, I, let's think, you think, I mean, I guess if you say there's there's exceptions, how, where does that end? How many exceptions are in the league right now in the NFL that you think are clutch? I'm not saying you can name them all, but you think there's ten clutch players? I mean, how many do you think there is? Tom Brady is clutch. And don't go naming them, but you think there's less that? than five. Really? Yeah. Okay. Here's what I know. You bring up a great point, AJ. Is there's two sides to an equation, right? And there's some people that get really nervous. Now, maybe they don't make the league, though, you know? I don't know. Now, there is the the clutch aspect of the Mahomes clutch. It's not that he's clutch. It's just that he's willing to run. Same with with, with Josh Allen. That they that makes him a better player, that with the game on the line and you're multidimensional, that you can do that more. Well, in the spirit of the power hour, I'm going to set this conversation aside. But I think this is one we pin and we think, let's talk about this the next time we got some time. Because I disagree with you generally, is I think that often we look at things and say it's about clutch and it is random. But I truly believe there's certain people in team. I mean, when you saw Belichick, we talked about this Monday, Fez, the clock's ticking down against Seattle. Mm-hmm. He's stone cold. You want to talk about stone cold? That guy wins more than someone else. Yes. Right? So it seems like there's more than a handful and who knows who's really clutch in these locker rooms, safeties, whatever. I don't know. But we're going to set it aside. Bottom bottom line, this is going back to this game, I got the better team and they're getting three and Vegas doesn't even have an exceptional home field advantage. I mean, come on. In the theory being, a lot of these tickets are going to the high rollers. And the high rollers tend to want to vit. Like, if you're a Denver high roller, you come for this game. Exactly. To Vegas. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or even a low roller. You just, if you're a Denver fan, this is a great destination. So, so maybe you're buying on the secondary market in that case. Exactly. But the point you're making is since Vegas is such a fun trip in general, it's going to get more people making, even if they're not getting caught making the trip. Cause of the game. Exactly. A little more fun than Minnesota in December. All right. My analysis is really, again, a double leg, is really just driven by I don't believe net-net that the must-win helps the Raiders. I'm not sure it hurts them, mm. but I think it maybe is neutral. And if that's the case, what's the cause of the line move? Right? Denver plays. That is it. That yeah. is the only possible reason. Because Denver plays 
to parody. You know, I mean, it was they covered. I mean, they covered, but it was so close. It's called you know. Someone was going to win by yeah. a point. And, and, and listen, we can say how bad they were, but we can also say when the pressure was on, they got their touchdown. But there is no clutch. I don't know. But I, I will say one more thing is the Shanahan-type offenses are famous for it's, it takes a while. It takes even a second year to get onto it. But I think as the year progresses, you're going to see improvement from Denver in many ways. The coach – Russell Wilson in a new offense, and we're already seeing that the first game, the first half against Seattle yeah. was—I mean, that Which really might have been holding, another factor. That's really holding back their stats. That's that. Geno Smith clutching that game mm. for sure, though. I'd mm-hmm. say. Any closing thoughts on the game? You mentioned possibly the first half. Uh, Denver is actually a net negative if you look at points scored versus points allowed in the first half on average through the first three weeks of the season. You know, actually, you're bringing up an interesting point because there's been a couple teams. I mean, obviously, Philadelphia in the second quarter is. Barn burners. Mm. Um, but there's a couple teams that did really. You know what we'll do for next week? McKenzie's got this ready to produce. We're going to produce a sheet that not only, you know, we can do EPA in the first quarter. We got point differential and uh, uh, aggregated EPA, right? Absolutely. Okay. That's going to be good. Because, but what I'm going to do is we're going to go, in fact, tell me if you agree with this. Go back to last year and then put a coefficient on the teams as how similar are they. So Seattle, you're going to say last year you probably got to throw out, right? Mm-hmm. But Tampa Bay, pretty close to last year, right? You can uh, say the idea being if if there's a big change, it's throw it in a the bi- garbage if can. If there's a bias one way or the other, first quarter, second quarter, yep. it feels like getting more sample size when it feels applicable is a good right, idea. That, like Detroit's the same team. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, right? Would they now? There's a chance that they're going to do differently in those spots, but then it shows it was probably random mm-hmm. to start with. That makes sense. Yeah. Yes. All right. Thank you. Next game will be what I usually go next, right? So I will have my best bet, and it's with Deshaun or wait, <laughs> Watson's team. I'm not afraid of back. I'm, I, it, it's so funny now in these shows. People are saying, you know, I don't really want to support this team at all, but um, I like the Browns here. It's like, no, I don't like Deshaun Watson any more than any other. I think most of those people are talking about the fans who have like custom Browns jerseys that say "Happy Ending 4 on the back. Like that's not a great look, I don't think. Yeah, I think it's I think it's people saying we're sick of you telling us what we should do, right? In general, you think we've been bad so far? We can go further, <laughs> is what they're telling us. But I am going with the Browns. What's the rationale here? This is one of the best coach teams in the NFL, and somehow, some way, the bad press conferences. That did go with Watson. Stay in bounds. <laughs> is <laughs> it, it, that easily could be undefeated, right? And everyone seems to be talking about Carolina, how they're better than they seem, right? You're getting a lot of talk about that. Okay, well, they beat them on the road in a hyper revenge game for Baker, obviously. And they, they the Steelers, it wasn't a, a blowout, blowout, but there was no, Cleveland wasn't losing that game. Right, the, so, the eye test said yeah, the know, Cleveland's, share, Cleveland's but, just wearing them out here. Yes. And and, and they have the 10 days, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think that was probably a tire team, too, because, they, you know, again, Pittsburgh's a, you know, phys, not as physical as they used to be. Um, now, let me ask you. Go ahead. Atlanta stayed on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. We talked to you. You liked Atlanta against Seattle. Mm-hmm. Talked about team bonding, being out there and the like. Now we go back to the – extended road trip away from home, 
and this is like as close as it's going to happen with the NBA. To with the NBA, we like to fade a team when they first come home. Well, in many ways, Atlanta did just come home after being away for for nine days. Okay, now that is fascinating. So th- there's been a move, and this was something Harbaugh kind of innovated, or at least he was one of the first. I c- can admit it. And this is f- uh, the smelly Harbaugh. When it, I think his nickname. They're both smelly. No, not as much. Not as much. I mean, it's it's relative. I mean, you're right. They both are smelly. I mean, I cannot argue that point. But one, he smells. Is more. Um, he innovated it. I think they say in Youngstown the first time. I particularly enjoyed that. You know that concept. <laughs> All those guys in Youngstown. But um, Fez, you're saying okay now. It was a boot camp. It was an extended training camp in a way, especially when it happens early in the year. Are they sick of it? Are they start? Have they? Oh, listen, they had a nice win. Are they a little kind of, you know, too high? Well, I'm, I think it's more. You've been away from home for ten days, uh-huh. and so it's just. And then you win. Yeah, that's my point. The is coach that, is I, just like, "Great job, everybody! I'll see you Wednesday." And then they just go out and celebrate. It's it's yeah. a celebratory situation. Well, you do realize, the week you do realize except there's on buys, they don't give. I mean, they might say, "Don't." Don't hit today. I mean, they're not really hitting, but they're not just saying stay home and play Nintendo. Or, sure, I mean, but Tuesday's going to be a whole lot better for the entire team coming off of a win and then flying back from the West Coast. No, so I agree with you. Is if you, now how much have you upgraded Atlanta? Let me take a look from, here because I mean they were a team last week. I think still people weren't caught on. It feels like I got them two and a half points above where I had them to start. Oh, that's a big move. Yes, okay. but I think it's worthy. I think that there's, you know, certainly Mariota's playing much better, and we well, thought than you expected. Then I expected. Then I expected too. But I mean, yeah. And and you know, we 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 look at some of the playmakers. I know Pitts hasn't been that good, but like this Cordell Patterson. Well, like, Pitts, it, it, I mean, he picked up last week, but also yeah. the defense have been trying so hard to stop him. It's kind of been smart not to force the ball to him, from what I can see. I don't know if anyone has a take on that. Rookie wide receivers doing well. I mean, there's a lot to like with Atlanta, but I, you know, this line started at three, and now it's all the way to one and a half. And when we say started, we're talking about the look ahead. So like eight days ago, well, let's think about this. It would have been ten days ago. Mm-hmm. This no, eight days ago. Yeah, we're Wednesday. This line was three. And what's really changed? What's Cleveland, Cleveland looked good. Cleveland looked good. Atlanta looked good. They both look good. Uh-huh. Miles both, Garrett changed a little. Go ahead. Miles Garrett car wreck. He's now they're saying he's doubtful to play this weekend, right, and they were already without Clowney. He's worth a good half point. He is. I mean, yeah, especially against the mobile quarterback. Hmm. Well, see, wouldn't you maybe look at it the other way? Is the mobile quarterback supposed to be good against the rush, right? Well, I think chasing down a mobile quarterback is good yeah. when you have one of the but best is, defensive ends in the league. How? That's interesting. Is Mariota now? I, I mobile? think he's going to get the. Court. Oh, he's very mobile. I, I think he was gonna, running in preseason. And without no. without Miles Garrett, I think he gets around the edge. Okay, so here's the question: If he's mobile, what is Lamar? What is Kyler Murray? No, but I'm saying it. It feels like he's a, guy, a quarterback that can run. That feels very different than, and I'm not saying mobile is the word that matters, but uh, like we got to so say, Mariota's mobile, Kyler Murray's agile, Lamar's lightning. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I, top five, no, no question. You, top five, more than Mahomes, yeah. Okay, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson. He's the fifth one. He is. I hope I didn't forget. Yeah, Taysom think- Hill. Oh wow! Well, yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so you like the other side? I, I think the Falcons are my favorite teaser spot of the week. 
Okay, uh, which is again it's different than betting this game right now. But I think and, pushing them up, I, I, and I make I can make cases for the Falcons to win this game. Well, obviously, with the total being smaller, so Fez, just in general, we don't talk too much about advantage teaser play because it's kind of boring. Everyone understands it, though. This year, would you say, and and you kind of turn me on to this, so I guess you're going to agree if I say it correctly, is eight has become more valuable. Because of late game situations, up by 14, they go for two, so it's either eight or six, right? Yes. Thus, seven becomes less valuable, but eight becomes more valuable. So we like we liked this Atlanta teaser a lot more when it was two and a half early this week, and now it's one and a half, and all of a sudden you lose when it lands eight. Yes, and and, nor, and that's would I'd be like, who cares? Back uh, in the day, I mean, you always wanted the points, but back in mm-hmm. the day, it was a situation where. Uh, if you got it below three and you got to eight and a half, you know, okay, great. But if you got it at one and a half and you got to seven and a half, okay, great. So really the numbers that people were happy with were two and a half, two, and one and a half. Yes. Now we're saying two and a half and two are much more value or more valuable by a discernible amount than they were two years ago. Exactly. To the point of if I have, if I'm teasing two plus one and a halves. Uh-huh. If you ask so me, it'd be seven and a half, seven and a half, typically. Typically, but now I'm not so sure it'd be seven and a half, seven and a half, because now you know what I think I'm laying the extra to go to seven. I think I think seven point move. I think I'm gonna just go to eight, and you know. And, but well, hold on a second. When I say go to seven, go to the seven point teaser. I think I, yeah. I don't know if, if the six, the six and a half, or the seven point teaser is correct. I, I really and, have to and, take and, a, a strong look at all of them. And generically. Meaning across the industry, how much do you pay to go from six to six and a half and six and a half to seven? An extra 10 cents. So the seven point teaser is minus 140. The six and a half point teaser is minus 130. The six point teaser is minus 120. But remember, you get that extra half point on both games. It's mm-hmm. not just one game, it's both games. Okay, that's what I was just thinking. Because if you buy now, are all points created equal? I guess it doesn't matter in a teaser. Well, I guess if you're on three, well, I guess you wouldn't care to go off. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Now, but here's the thing: you got to win both of them. So mathematically, I've never thought about this. Well, you it, get a tie on one, and and most places still great. If, if you go oh one and one, it's a push. Okay. So that so so theoretically, getting onto the number is worth more than going off the number. So maybe the six and a half point teaser, one and a half to eight, is the optimal. But I I, I it's one of my research projects. Quick aside. In the circuit millions, and we've got uh, you. You're, you're the captain of a team that I'm involved. Me and you, and uh, who else is involved in that? We have me, AJ you, McKenzie. Yeah, you guys have been mm-hmm. doing well. I know what uh, six and six. Uh, you have uh, what three, three and three, right? Nine and six. Is that right, McKenzie? Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you talking in the mic, bud? Yes, I am. All right, it sounds different. It doesn't sound good. I would say check tomorrow. Make sure to really do a tech check on that. Um, circa million ties don't give you anything. Is that correct? That is incorrect. You get half a point. Are you sure? Yes. All right, because I heard someone that knew, I can't remember who it was, but they knew what they, and I get the whole, if it ties, because it wasn't about the um, uh, last man standing, you know, the survivor. Mm-hmm. What contest could that have been? I haven't heard anything. It's possible that they were discussing that with so many people and that, that no, no, that, no, they were saying ties don't I th- I count. I think it's a, it's a survivor. It's the survivor. If the but game there's ties, no ATS. No, they were talking no, about it, ATS. Yeah, because if you tie, right. if your team ties in survivor, you lose. Have you, com- have you confirmed that, Scott? I, do, I think ties don't count because looking at people's records, there's. It's 15 and 0 is in first place. No, 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 no game has landed on the spread. Yeah, we haven't pushed yet. We haven't had a game land on the spread. Oh. Uh, you see? You see, uh-huh, you see? Uh-huh. It's a teamwork, baby. 
Not one game has landed on the spread. Now, like Chicago so, won by so three, but, the, ha- but it, the contest line was two and a half. Okay, <clears throat> you're saying in the contest. Okay. Yes. So what you're saying is half points don't really matter anymore. <laughs> I don't points. think you'd say that. <laughs> we, 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 we have more half points than anybody in the Super Contest Gold. we got the best record. All right, but I, I want to check on that. All right, because, again, that or I'm going to sue someone. No, I'm joking. All right. We got two best bets in. We got three to go. McKenzie, McKenzie is two and one on his best bets. That's six. That's over sixty-six percent. And let me tell you, he was telling people about it. He was telling people about it on Twitter. Showboating. Yeah, two and one. He said, "Dogging." Guess who shows up for no reason at all? That that's a guy that wants to do an imitation. That we have the drop. But he does his own version. What do you got? Confirmation. Half point for each push. Okay. That's lawsuit's going to be filed tomorrow. AJ, best bet. You're, oh, did, you don't want McKenzie's take on the Browns for his best bet? Oh, was this his best yep. bet? Why isn't it written on the sheet? You didn't write it on the sheet. I, it came in late after the sheets. He was talking about the best bet on the Twitter like two well, days if it ago. Came no, he's talking about deadline, we don't allow it. McKenzie, <laughs> what's your thoughts on the Browns? I don't have a column on the sheet, so I'm not sure where exactly I would fit in. Regardless of what time I put it, just in. on the on the side, dude. Like if you came to my house, you'd sleep on the floor. I mean, it's no big deal. Go I ahead. get a cot. <laughs> yeah, I like Cleveland here, and it's all about the rushing matchup. I love the way the Browns rush the ball, and the Falcons are one of the worst teams against it. And here's the thing: they have a terrible, you know, minus their thirtieth in success rate against the run. They haven't played anybody that runs effectively. The Saints, twenty fifth; Rams, thirty first; Seahawks, bottom ten. Now they're facing the number one rushing team in the league by EPA. I like the Browns in this matchup. That's McKenzie. I think he's driving an Uber right now for extra money, but <laughs> with with a little jawbone on. <laughs> but I agree with his pick in general. Fez, this is a situation. Oh, do you got something on this one? No, I was saying I agree because remember I had talked about the Browns and their rushing attempts. So it's not so much the success, but the amount of rushing attempts, which weighs on a team as the game goes on. Yeah, but you got to be careful. We don't get into the whole running leads to winning. No, I understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but what you're saying is when they are in control. Yes. Okay. And they had the ten days off. Atlanta is not a particularly physical team. Mm -hmm. Okay, I like that. McKenzie's point, if I heard him correctly, was, and this is something that others talk about. It's one thing to have strength of schedule. It's another thing to say offense, defense. Now we get, we've broken it down. Now to say run defense, pass defense, run offense, pass offense. In three games, it's very possible you got a team, like three teams that were horrible at something or great at something, and it's not obvious, right? It's not obvious because you don't remember that so much, right? Mm-hmm. And your point is the teams Atlanta played – just aren't great running teams, and they still have bad running stats. And yeah. thus, you get a good running team or a borderline great one, it's a matchup problem. All three of their opponents, bottom 10 in rushing. Even counting the game against them. Even counting the game against them, and they're terrible. All right. That's the Browns. I guess it was a triple best bet. Or we'll call it two and a half. AJ, best bet. Arizona Cardinals plus one at Carolina. And I think there's been a massive overreaction based on last week's results. The Cardinals, they got shut down by the Rams, which is what's happened every time well, the Cardinals well, have played well, the Rams. The Cardinals, let's be honest, the, and I shouldn't interrupt this early, but the Cardinals have played uh, 11 and a half bad quarters. Yes. All right, so it's not just. And I think the Cardinals should have been downgraded. 
Okay, go ahead. But Carolina got a win in a game where they were outplayed by the Saints in basically every department except turnovers. Did you have the Saints? No. Okay. No, I wasn't on the game. But there was a 3-0 turnover deficit. Matt Rule has been a terrible coach as a favorite, and now they're a favorite. This was Arizona minus 2.5. Now it's Arizona plus 1. So there's been a massive adjustment on this. And Matt Rule, 3-10 and ATS and straight up as a favorite. They've lost seven games in a row straight up when they've been favored under uh, Matt Rule. Now listen, that's a stat. Because there's going to be a certain mentality. You know, we always talk about they're, they're the underdogs. They're, if you're the favorite when you're usually not, I think those are telling games. And look no further than the Cleveland game that they played week one where they were a favorite for a period of time in that game. And as it played out, they never had a prayer of covering the minus two. I mean, somebody was going to win by one point in that game back and forth. Um, they had become overvalued. And I think they've become overvalued here. Like, like what? what well, a- but, but let's, I want to make sure I understand this. The closing line or the line game day, Cleveland, Carolina, was what? I believe it flopped back to pick. Yeah. So I think what we're—I think that was such a revenge game. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about a team being a little bit lackadaisical when they're favored. To me, this is a situation where you just won a big game, and now you're— um, what was the Westgate line in this one? So the look-ahead line was two and a half. Uh-huh. But there were threes also. So really, there were threes that were available oh, all, all week one. All week long. You could have taken Carolina plus three in this game. What, what has really changed all that dramatically? Well, on the scoreboard, Carolina looked real good last week. But not in the mm. stats. Not, not the, the way they played. Not worthy of a four-point line move. This game's a double-like because it's my four-star play. All right. And you mentioned the stats, Fez. I mean, they they were outgained 426 to 293 against the Saints. And they were horrible on third downs on offense. Like Baker Mayfield and, and the, the Panthers just couldn't get a first down. And last week, you know, well, not just last week, in general, the Panthers are allowing 135 rushing yards per game. And I think that's where Arizona's going to find success here on the ground against Carolina. And as AJ mentioned, the, the struggles, just ATS for this team under Matt Rule, at home, they're terrible. One in seven ATS at home since 2021. Conversely, the Cardinals, nine and one ATS in their last 10 road games. How is that even possible? That's not counting the playoffs. Well, I guess they were home for the playoffs. It's regular they? season. Now they're at the Rams. <laughs> oh, is that at the? Okay. Yeah. It's regular season. Yeah. No, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Most most trends are, you know, mm-hmm. meaning if you just hear a trend, it's probably just regular yeah. season. Fez, how do we balance what Scott's saying? I liked a couple of AJ's points here. How I, how do we balance what he's saying, which is pretty much rules been bad. We should keep betting against them. But in general. If you tell me there's a 4-0 team against the spread, or at this point, let's say I wasn't handicapping this year, and, and you said, hey, I need a pick from you. If you win, I'll give you 1000 bucks." And one team, I haven't followed anything. It's 3-0 ATS. The other's 0-3. I'm taking the 0-3. Oh, without even blinking. Yes. So how do we balance the fact that sometimes we'll say, oh, this team's 1-7 in this spot. That is why we're betting against them, but we're saying at times that one in seven would make his bet on them. Well, I think it's you have to look at the situation who they're playing this week, and now they're playing a team that, frankly, like you said, has looked bad 11 no, out but, of 12 but quarters. The, the, the so. tr- but what your answer is has nothing to do with the trend. Mm-hmm. I think I've got the answer for this. I wanted to hear your thoughts. Does the trend 
cause the market to move? Does the results of the trend cause Ooh. the market to move? Well, the market's moved against the trend. Well, it has for this one game. Yes. But the question is, what would this line have been at the start of last year? Right. And I'm not saying the trend's mm-hmm. bad, but I'm saying there's been a reevaluation every step of the way uh, uh, of the coach and the whole Carolina team. I mean, Car- up to Carolina was getting three and a half during the summer. Yeah. So, yeah. But I would. But let's just say this: Wouldn't you agree, Matt Rule's first year there was a, he got a, a six-year he got a six-year deal. Mm-hmm. There was a ton of optimism, and and all of those ATS losses that you're talking in that trend have chipped away at his ATS standing. Where if a team is fourteen and four, or or the league is in a certain spot, if people aren't aware of it, mm-hmm. you got something that might be meaningful that the line isn't actually moving. Mm-hmm. McKenzie doesn't realize that we're on a tape. He's going breaking. Aaron Judge hits number 61, and it's like tomorrow morning. They're gonna be, yeah, and I like that he did it, but it's like, yeah. I can just see better. Crap, he didn't walk. How many games he keeps are keeps walking every bat. Uh, eight after today. Oh, my God. Seven. So what's the odds he doesn't hit another? I mean, he's been hotter lately, right? Well, no, you've just had a seven-game I mean, run. Two-thirds to the eighth power. Yeah. That's easy. Two thirds of the eighth power is uh, is a chance of him. You think it was a bageling, bageling, not getting it. A, but so that assumes he's gonna. Oh, so it's a third of a chance uh, in hitting a home run in, a in game. any one game. Yeah, so okay. two thirds to the eighth. Yeah. Okay. What's that add up to? Uh, Use your calculator. It's like no, we do it in our head. So it's a little less than who's, fifty. Who's we? It's a little less than fifty percent. Him and Johnny. Oh, I thought it was him and his other fourth. personality. Um. So it's like there's about a one one in twenty chance he doesn't get it. Really? Yeah. I would have said it was the odds weren't that big. Um, you know, it's we don't have time to talk about it now because we're doing this, but it's pretty amazing through all those steroids, no one beat this record. So mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. well, four guys in the National League did. Yeah, and that's my point. With yeah. all, was it four? I thought it was just three. Sosa, McGuire, Bonds. We do this math in our head, Fez. That's <laughs> three. <laughs> no, oh, McGuire did it twice. Mm-hmm. Well, there's still three Sosa guys. Sosa did it three times. It times, was done. Yeah. It was done four or five times. Okay, yeah. so what's your point? Well, it's I mean, just you kind of a, there's American. No, there's I, it's, a, it's, it's a kind of an artificial separation that it just t- turned out Sosa wasn't playing in the American League. If he was playing for Baltimore or whatever, he would he would have hit 66. I wonder. I. I wonder if there was more steroids in the hmm. National League. There might have been. Because, like, who are you going to look at? You're going to look at your division uh, rivals, and if they seem like they're juicing, mm. you're going to be more inclined, right? Now, Brady Anderson was at Baltimore. And <laughs> so, the A's yeah. take on McGuire. Yeah, which, yeah. But anyway, it's an amazing thing. I, I, A-Rod's entire career was in the AL, and he never hit 62. That's a good point. Yeah. It's a good point. This is amazing. Again, and, 54 was his and, most, maybe? Uh, is that the most he had? Wow. Is, um, is this an up year or a down year for scoring? I know early in the year, the human down. It, it was a down year. So it's a down year in general. Yes. So think about that. In a down year for scoring. Ooh, so this seven was the most for A-Rod. Okay. But I don't think it was a down year for home runs. Well, I bet it was too, because isn't there been a sense that the whole strikeout or home runs kind of been a little less the case this year? I don't know. Yeah, it's the lowest scoring runs 
since 2015, least home runs since 2015. Boy, you got, you got a lot of opinions that just, I mean, and the way he's saying really? them with such so cer- certain. Yeah, it's like, it's like, it's almost every like, at bat is a home run or a strikeout. It's so funny, though. Or a walk. Speaking of that, because McKenzie's done good work, I was going to have a big production mm. around him screaming no about San Francisco. I'm going to let, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to let you on the mic one more time. I'm going to give you 20 seconds, but no more, to apologize or do what you want, and I'll decide how I'm going to handle things. Makes sense. I apologize for interrupting, first and foremost. But if you're right, it's probably worth it. I objected to the fact that you said, oh, Shanahan doesn't run a lot of play action, when as a kid growing up, all we talked about, all I heard about was the so famous Shanahan So actually, you're not action. apologizing, you're making excuses. Fast forward to the 21st NFL, and the Shanahan's are not, or Shanahan is not top 10 in play action, so you are right. He was, he was what? He was 10th last year in play action passing rate. No, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. Last year, or I'm sorry, this year, Shanahan was what? I haven't done the calculation. And what? you sent me a link about a passing percentage, which is obviously the, Shanahan, the 49ers pass very Seldom. Wait, the link play action percentage is different. The link was passing percentage. Yes. Well, Lordy B, then I could have been wrong, and I was still gloating about it. So, what were the numbers? And you do, you don't have to do a calculation. There should be listed, right? Pull it up. Sure thing. Yeah, take your time. Put it up on the board when it's done. But anyway, you were saying they were tenth last year. Yes, and the amount of times they passed. What was the percentage? That was a play action pass. Tenth. Oh, now that's interesting. Would you, if we were saying, Fez, that this team is heavy on the play action, but they pass half as much, so now their play action rate is whatever, but let's say 10%. Another team, their rate's 8%, but they pass double as much, thus they have 60% more play action. Which one is the heavy play action team? I would say the team that throws more. I think so, too, because they're running more of those plays, right? Yes. But McKenzie, with a team that doesn't pass much, he, he goes, we're looking at the rate. We're looking at the rate. All right. Let's admit this. If, I, if somehow that was a mistake, if, I, if it was number 29 or whatever it looked like, it would have been particularly egregious. It would have been. The fact that it's 10 means, you know, he shouldn't have screamed. Like he did. <laughs> no! But, but I will say that it doesn't need all the pomp and circumstance. Okay. So I'll let him do But you would agree if I was right about that. If it was tw- yeah, if, you were, if he was that far off, sh- yeah, for sure. For sure. But why was it that the Miami was lined up right? I guess they, all right, God, how did I do that mistake? Play, action, play. Mm. There had to be an A. Can, send me. Oh, I got it. Okay. All right. What do we got next? My game? five. I've got, I've got one more note on this game. Yeah. Vance Joseph, who is blitzing, historically has blitzed and is blitzing at a top five rate in the league again. So who's this? The Arizona Cardinals defensive mm-hmm. coordinator against Baker Mayfield, who has historically struggled against the blitz. And in fact, this year, 25% of the, pre- the times he's been pressured, he's ended up sacked this year. So Baker Mayfield right, well, always that, struggled on, against the blitz. Let's put that into context. Like what I would do, let's get Baker's PFF. Right versus the blitz or not? Because I I I'm not disagreeing with you. It's just to say he was sacked X percentage of the time. No one. Nope, you're right. I mean, I don't because have... you're always going to get sacked more on blitz plays. Yeah, and there's a lot of right. debate now about how much it is the quarterback. And in this case, he's saying it is the quarterback. But okay, I, I mean, to me, what PFF does well is they break it up, right? And we can look at that. So we'll, let's put it, set that aside for a sec, and then you can jump in with it. What's our next game? Uh, my five-star play, and it's the Philadelphia oh. Eagles. Ooh, laying the lumber. Laying the lumber. Uh, this is the number one graded offense in the NFL right now. 
the number five graded defense in the NFL right now. One good week for Trevor Lawrence last week. Does that change all of our opinions on the Jacksonville Jaguars and what this team is right now? Right, yes. So, well, let's, it wasn't just last week, right? I mean, a game against, uh, let's think about this. The win against the Colts, they own the Colts. Yeah. Own the Colts. Yeah, they own But But listen, that li- how much did that line have in it that the game was in Jacksonville in that history? Very little, wouldn't you say, Fez? That Very f- little. Because it was four and a half, and then it, there was— Came se- down to— th- but, go, it was, but that was injury-driven. Yeah. I mean, the wide receiver was out for the Colts. I mean, that was a big loss yes. with Pittman. Pittman. Yeah. Go ahead. So I, I think that if you look at the early summer line for this, and maybe it's, you know, a lot to do with uh, what, you know, what it is, what, what Philadelphia was expected to be or what Jacksonville was expected to be, six and a half. Now, this is interesting. So how much is Philly upgraded by UFAS? How much Jacksonville? Because I would make the this case. Is my point. Yeah, I would make the case that Philly should be upgraded more. Equal three points for each. Okay, so the market's agreeing with that. Okay, okay. well, I right. don't. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah that's, I, that's your I, point. In, in my, my point is that the, this line, this look ahead summer line was six and a half, which is the same that it is now when I upgrade Philly tremendously more than I up than, than Jacksonville. And, you know, we're using adjectives tremendous, like what, a point and a half? Which is what the whole bet should be, but yeah, I'm just saying, okay. Probably more than that. I mean, I think uh, Philly I think tremendous. Well, you know, they look tremendous, yeah. but this is back to the priors, right, Fez? And we talked yeah. about this on the – and listen, if you're not listening, you got a taste last week of what we're doing with the line show. Next week, though, it starts. Fed's predicting line moves. We're going we're gonna to get into the real intricate ones, right? And then we have the recap show that comes out pretty much the same time. We tape it separately so you can listen to it at your leisure – but don't, you know, listen to it quick. And we talked a lot about some of these topics, but one of them was Philadelphia is a prime example. You've got three games. Now, the math guys sometimes, or in some cases, they say you need 11 games to feel, like once you have 11, hmm. statistically, the 12th and 13th, it's diminishing returns by, you know, fairly, I mean, you'd won 162, but, you know, okay. Um Right now in Philly's power rating, how much of it is what you saw this year and how much of it was what you thought coming into the year? 40% this year, 60% priors. So I think that's probably something you're, you know, far on the other side of. And, and I think all it takes is, and again, we can say Carolina last year or whatever was an example. Reno, yeah, great oh, you example. Got, yeah, I've got that number. Oh, well, okay, go ahead. Uh, sorry, Baker Mayfield, when not blitz, 64.2. Uh, win blitz fifty seven point three. All right, that's a modest change, but I would say I think over his career that was certainly the case. Yeah, yeah. but still five points yeah. or whatever. Um, go ahead. So the Eagles are dominating the first halves of games. They're averaging twenty four points in the first half and only allowing seven. What that is enabling them to do is naturally play with the lead, and when they're playing with the lead. It helps their pass rush because what happens all the time when you're playing with the lead, right? The defenders get to pin their ears back and ears back and go after the quarterback. Seventeen quarterback hits last week against Carson Wentz and Washington. Mm-hmm. If Philly takes a lead in this game, which I expect them to, and the market does as well by the price, and then judging by their first half success this season, I think they're going to get after Trevor Lawrence. 
and that's going to cause possibly turnovers, but there'll be a lot of hits, there'll be a lot of sacks, and I think Philly playing with the lead is their biggest weapon for their pass rush. Pursuant to that, very interesting, last week Washington gained 240 yards, Philly gained 400. All right, Philly won the stats easily, but of that 240 yards for Washington, 180 of it came in the fourth quarter, garbage time at 24 mm-hmm. nothing. So basically, Washington got like 50 yards in the first three quarters. They did nothing. Yeah. So my first thought is, do we look? Do we believe that the Eagles are so good in the first half that we want to bet first half here? I say no, but and the reason I would say no is. I think they've looked like they have in the second half because they could. Yes. Meaning they played good defense, but the offense has been conservative. Mm-hmm. And Fez, you talk about it, all games are not created equal. The pressure of these close games and the hits and the intensity, you go to overtime once. Now it's more of that, like the Steelers against Cincinnati. Yep. You don't think you think of how much more the Steelers were drained after that opening game against Cincy than Philly wasn't drained. After last week's game. That's a great point. You know, both these teams are coming off of back-to-back laughers. Yeah, but but I think Philly, if you hear about teams that are doing well in one part of the game and not the other, you think, ah, oh, maybe they're lucky. Mm. To, and I'm saying I think Philly could score a lot in the second half if they play the same type of offense. They haven't needed to. Yeah. Right? Yes. Well, I, I guess I, against Detroit they should have a little more, but okay. Yeah, they were in, in control in that game. The um, oh, I bet. I bet. You know, oh. them. So, Lane, what, what do we lay? Three? Three and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, one by three. Um, situationally, really bad spot for Jacksonville. So, go out to the West Coast, play in LA. They're a big underdog. They win in a blowout win. Back to Jacksonville. Oh, there's a hurricane coming to town. That's going to cause all kinds of distractions. And now you have to fly to Philly. That's not a team I want to invest in. And everyone's going to talk about the Doug Peterson return, right? Doug Peterson going back to Philly. What's he going to do? So so here's the question. What effect do we expect that to have? None besides the crowd maybe cheering for him because he won a Super Bowl. You mean before the game? Yeah. So you're saying, no, is that going to affect the game? No. It it would ultra-motivate Peterson because he kind of got a raw deal run out of town after one bad year after. Well, how how, go for it on a fourth down to be extra aggressive in this spot? The theory is maybe maybe his work ethic. You know how if if someone thinks there's you know a lawyer that this case has gotten personal stays up till two in the morning. That's their mo anyways. I mean that's what they were they're doing this year. But but how are they working so much if they have to do the mail and all the bills? (laughs) <laughs> this time it's personal <laughs> yeah. um if it were no more recently if he coached them last year mm-hmm. the familiarity mm-hmm. with the players i think yeah. can mean something we got it you like your relax i'm not saying well, i'm, just, I'm talking you. more yeah and but, scott you've been all over these eagles all year long and not it's not just been every you. week <laughs> these wise the wise guys if there's one team that they've been betting on consistently end of last year and this year it's the eagles and a lot of that i think is that for whatever reason there was a group out there that was very pro hurts i think well i think i well i don't know what they were but they won a lot of bets yes i mean so that tampa bay game and let's give Bowles credit. It was a great defensive scheme. Philly wasn't in it. That really put a stink on that Philly season. If you actually look from the time in Detroit was the first game that they went run, 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 and as Lombardi calls it, the Oklahoma offense, they were dominating. 
And I think week 18, they had a, a bad little, you know, but I think they were already clinched, if I recall correctly. So my point being, I think that just like with Arizona, though Arizona's kind of brought it into this year, the bad play, but Arizona against the Rams was such a statement against Arizona. Yes. It was hard to like Arizona. Tennessee's game with all those interceptions with Tannehill against the Bengals hurt, but Tennessee's been down. Here's an example. Eagles look like crap. But it, it, it has nothing to do with this season now. Mm-hmm. And I think people are now aware of it. And it's happened. Remember, AJ, it wasn't that long ago I said this is the timber moment. Now, has right. it been timber? And the timber moment is the tree is starting to fall. It's falling. But everyone doesn't know that big tree is falling. They just see the branches rustling. And I, you know, I was like, this is the week people are going to start saying Philly's better than Dallas. What's it been? Maybe two weeks before the season. Yeah. Well, that was yeah. kind of my question. Like, how much have you upgraded Philly since the start of the season, Fez? Three. So, how much did you upgrade them before the season? Because it seemed like everybody Upgrade. was upgrading them before the season started. Like their yes. their so, win totals went up, up, up. Well, because acquisitions, like Brown being an example. Mm-hmm. Well, even after that, I mean, yeah, how I much bumped, did the market I bumped move? Them a point. I had them a half a point better than an average team when I bet Scott that they would never be lined at nine and a half, <laughs> and then I closed them one and a half better right before the opening kickoff. I, Easiest I, 300 you ever made. I thought this, and you paid it. I thought this, and he actually, Scott tried to turn it down, which yeah, I said, yeah. oh, he's naive. <laughs> he, he's nice, but naive. But, uh, Fez, um... The amazing thing is, I thought we thought we got it over on you because you, what is it? You got Miami and we got Philly, right? On the win total. Yeah, two undefeated teams. Yeah, but what happened was it ended up moving where we had like a game advantage. Doesn't this seem eerily reminiscent of the um, the, the Justin Jefferson bet I lost where Miami's going to go like 14 and three and I'll go lose? Let's be honest. Miami's not going 14 and three. Oh, well, the Tony Miller at the Gold Nugget tweeted, I think this team could go undefeated. I think they got a 5% chance. Well, I hope he puts a number up. Yeah, Look, yes, no number. No, I, I actually, th- I mean, let's think about this. Miami could, now listen, there's a different numbers now. You look at turnovers. Bill's had a lot of potential turnovers, but you look other than that, I think the Bills could, or I'm sorry, check that, the Dolphins could easily be one and two. And that's kind of reflected. I know it's a terrible situation. And they situation. could be 0-3 because that New England game was statistically a coin flip. It was more turnovers again. And obviously, if you look at the Week 4 line, which we discussed in depth on some of our other pods here, um, Miami catching four at Cincinnati, and it's only going higher now, I think. Yeah, I have odds on when each team will lose their first game. All right, we'll t- do that in a second. But, Fez, I think it was a great discussion. So if you're interested, we broke it down from the look-ahead line, and we're talking about the Thursday game. The look-ahead line, and then it went to the uh, opener. Then it went to Chris opening up, and then it went to Monday morning. And each one of those had a movement, and it was associated with Miami's defense playing so many plays against the Bills in the heat. I thought the breakdown you did, Fez, was really insightful. So well, check right back at you. I mean, okay. I, I mean, and and if we go ahead. No, you go. Ahead. Well, I've listened to like three other pods, and it, they're eerily. Um, it's almost like I'm listening to our pod because it's well, the no, same but analysis. It's the, but if it's the right information. All right, that's a good point. I mean, two plus two equals four, though it's yeah. not that simple. But it, let's just say this. If they're good quality people, mm. you know, then it probably is right. They might be thinking, we, hey, listen, probably copy them. But we were probably out before, I hope. Well, I did give it out to my clients at 4.48 yeah. p.m. on Sunday. Time stamped. 
All right, so give us uh, – th- that's interesting. Who's undefeated right now? And then let's guess who would be the last undefeated. Yeah, so the Dolphins and the Eagles are – That's the only two. Yeah. Okay, well, then I think Eagles by far will have the higher, uh, you know, more likely late uh, loss. Anyone disagree with that? No, the Eagles' schedule is yeah. wide open. So, yeah, so the uh, uh, week – it's for the Dolphins. This coming week against the Bengals is one to two odds. Uh, so, so minus two hundred to yeah. lose the game, and then week five at the Jets, eleven to five. Week six. Okay, so you got. Okay, it's not that. When will they lose? Yeah. Okay. It's when will they lose their first game? So if you think it's this week against okay, the Bengals, so you can look, you now can freeze look. that. I want. I want to address it because this is like the type of thing that I'm pulling back the curtain here. So it's minus two hundred that their first loss will be this coming week. Now, what happens if Tua gets reported out along with maybe some another starter? It's possible the Dolphins could go to becoming a six-point underdog. A six-point underdog should be like plus 230. We would love to lay minus 200 on a six-point um, favorite. We won't, won't be able to do that with Cincinnati, but this is a proxy for that very bet, betting this prop odd. So what you're saying is if there is news that leads to market movement, this is a second-tier derivative that probably is going to be lagging. Yes. Hmm. Okay. 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 Uh, so that's the favorite, obviously. And then there's um, 11 to 5 is week 5 at the Jags, uh, at the Jets, excuse me. Week 6 at home against the Vikings, 13 to 2. All right. So I think that, why don't you do this? Tweet this. Okay. All right. If you want, you want to do it? Sure. All right. So it's Scott's on air, mm-hmm. and you'll tweet this out with the book. It's from what book is it? The Bet Online. Okay. And there it is if you want it. And he's got other good stuff. Put baseball out, et cetera, et cetera. Check it out. Scott's on air. Anything else on this? Oh, Diamond Dave comes in. But then this is interesting. It's a bet on the Jags, but it's not this week. It's a future. Let's take a little listen. I love a bet that Jaguars at plus 350 last week to win the AFC South. I'm going to add more on it this week at plus 225. I will admit I was skeptical of what seemed to be every better I respect loving the Jaguars this season. That was until two weeks ago. That 24 to nothing win over the Colts was far better than it looked. And not because Lawrence looked like the guy he was drafted to be. It was their defense. They had five sacks, three picks, and held the Colts to two for ten on third downs. The week prior, they had two picks against Washington, held them under 100 yards rushing. Trayvon Walker is playing like the first pick. Devin Lloyd is playing like a first pick. Against the Colts, for as well as Lawrence played, he made all the right decisions. It was Doug Peterson's play calling that sealed that deal. His play calling also sealed a Super Bowl win, let's not forget. And in that Colts game, with a 17-point lead and the ball, they do not go prevent offense three and out. They are a different team. They open a drive with two or three passes, proceed to take almost eight minutes off the clock, score a touchdown on fourth down when it would have been very easy to kick a field goal. That is a winning team's M.O. Then, of course, last week they dominate the Chargers on both sides of the ball, holding Los Angeles to just 26 rushing yards. Again, see Walker, see Lloyd. Difference makers in the division. The Colts on that offensive line aren't going anywhere. In fact, the Colts are favored to win the division, not Tennessee. And Tennessee, while their schedule just gets harder and harder and harder. Derrick Henry's passed his prime. In the past three years, he's carried the ball over 900 times. Too much. His window is closing. The Jaguars' window is wide open. Jags plus 225 to win the AFC South. Diamond Dave, I tell you, Fez, you you're you're um, is it egomaniac, megalomaniac? Wait, I don't know the difference between megalomaniac and egomaniac. They both don't sound good. No, but you would say you're in that category, right? 
Well, I prefer to just concentrate on the bets that I'm making with rather than try to self-evaluate. Hmm. I've never noticed that, AJ. Have you? I never won. <laughs> but here's the beauty of it. Sometimes he'll stop the show to like say, you know, I did something good here. Here's one, though, I really liked, which was as Diamond Dave, Uncle Dave Essler, said Jags. Now, a lot of people are going to say, oh, what was the highest number on the Jags You know, uh, in the offseason for the division? Like, seven to one. Okay. So you're saying you're playing a plus 225, went seven to one. The only question that matters, the only, is what should the odds be right now? Exactly. And then there's one more question that matters. Do you have any other exposure on this same bet? Because if you bet it at mm-hmm. 7 to 1, you, you don't want to bet it as much at 250, even though it has value because of risk management, right? So it's how much do you have on this exact bet, and what should the bet price be now, and what is it? And that's it. Now, I do get the whole idea that if you are not a hyper-confident better, and I'm not even hyper-confident, so there are people that are. And I, I'm not even saying Fez, I'm not making a joke right now, because Fez respects the market more than anyone. Probably too much, I think, sometimes. But in general, the reason not to play a line later is you're saying, well, wait a minute. It's not just I could have got it earlier, because imagine if a place put up a wrong number. Right? One, one outlet put up a wrong number, but it was up for half a day. Mm-hmm. You could have gotten that number. Does that mean you don't bet the game at the actual market, even though it may be the op- the best number that there's ever been, except for that rogue number? Only if you have a tiny bankroll and you've already yeah. s- you know spammed through your you know what you're willing to risk. Otherwise, you bet it again. But the point being, and and I agree with you, is when people say, "How can I bet this at three? It was four. It's not just saying I I can't bet if I don't get the best number. Because that rogue number was out there that was wrong was the best number. It was if the market believes it's this at open, and now I've got to play at one point worse, how wrong were the lines makers to start with? And it's, not, and it's hard enough to win if I'm playing the third number. How do I win? Those are valid like rest- constraints. It slow you down, double check if you want the bet. Do you agree with that, Fez? I do. And I want to go back to the Eagles-Dallas, and I'm going to bring this back to Jacksonville. The timber moment. You know what? You could have said, you, know, you could have had the Eagles at plus 280 to win the division. Why are we betting them plus 180? Because they're better than Dallas now. They're good value. Well, the timber moment has hit with Jacksonville. Here it is. Wait for it. Timber. What's the best team in this division right now? Tennessee? Indianapolis? Or the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, RJ, it's a timber moment. I have them rated the best team in the division. Guess what? They also have the best record. Houston isn't winning this division. Two to one or higher is solid value for the Jaguars. Only team in the league, top five in offensive and defensive DVOA. It's a good stat. Now, you actually played this um, Sunday? I played it Friday. And, And what triggered it? Herbert was probable to play mm-hmm. against Jacksonville. Up to that point. And then he got downgraded. So Jacksonville went from a seven-point dog to a three-point dog rapidly. So I said, you know what? So a four-point move in the market, but Jacksonville the opponent. Yes. If there's any game that's going to dictate division winner in division against the likely oh, – well, let me think about it. Yeah, the likely division winner, right? Well mm-hmm. – um, oh, game check game, that. That's no, again. I, I, I was thinking about. I'm sorry. I was thinking about the Colts the week before. Right, right, right. So it didn't impact Tennessee so you're figuring, or the Colts. But but boom, here's a likely loss for Jacksonville that just turned into a hey, a game they can steal. And and you can do, do the math and simply say, a seven point dog wins this much, 
three-point dog wins this much. They went from .2 wins in a game to .4. Just right. So it. in a weird way, all of this fighting for tenths of a win, you had 20 tenths of a win, or you know, two tenths, 20 hundredths of a win off of that line move, but the market hadn't moved yet because it was lagging. Exactly right. And I kind of liked the bet anyways. So that was more than enough to put me over the edge to go ahead and fire on it. I think it, it goes to show you the far-reaching ramifications of some of this stuff with all of the markets now. I mean, you look at DraftKings, you look at FanDuel, how many more bets are there now than there were even five, let's say seven years ago on an NFL Sunday? It feels like there's like three times as many, if not more. I think more. You can play every skill position player. Think about this. Every wide receiver, reception yards, every running back, you know, rushing yards. Um, the number one running back, the number two running back is tremendous. How about the three? And, no, not the three. The three. Ah, okay. How about the third wide receiver? Yeah, he's there. Michael Gage is definitely there. <laughs> hey, closing thoughts on this. Nope. The Jags. And I'm telling you something, this is a test of the – we got two of them, Eagles, Jags, Priors versus what we've seen this year. The last thing I'd say about the Jags is this. Last year, a team usually doesn't go with the, from the number one pick to being a true contender. But was Jacksonville that bad, or did the Meyer stuff really cause that much mm. problem? Because they got all it caused was all when San Francisco had the bad injuries, and then they got Bosa. Right? Is the idea of when you have a team ready to emerge, then they have one more bad season. That's not just the first round. They get the top pick, one of the top picks in the second round, third round. That can make a team deep. You're seeing this 49er team is deep. And they lost their number one pick, ETN, last year to injury. So, so it's almost like another a two number one. Well, yeah. and also they're, three. they had one of the worst quarterbacks in the league a year ago, and now they've got an above-average quarterback. Or, or but at it's least, the same at least average. It is the same. But, but, but you expect – I mean, let's be candid You here. expect some growth, but did you expect that much growth? I, I mean, it's for what, a game? Well, three games. No, it hasn't been three games. I mean, if you look at the other two games, it hasn't been all that great. It's, it's. I mean, well, let's just look at it. What is QBR? What is EPFF over three games? I mean, if he's ahead, if he's inside the top eight, I'm really surprised by it. Uh, he is. He's going down the list. He might seventh be top ten. QBR. Seventh QBR, eleventh PFF, yeah. and he's only got one turnover all season. I mean, this but, is but, a, but those stats are built. The turnovers built into that, right? right? But the, I'm just saying, it's. I think it's. I think he's been better than anyone expected him to be. Well, oh, in yeah. fact, I, I'd say the one turnover is a sign that the stats aren't really. T- I guess we can see how many turnover worthy plays he had, but in general, if you only oh one interception, three game. I mean, that's good, but it's not like crazy good. And all of, all of the skill position players are healthy, and they're all exceeding expectations well, at running back and at wide receiver. Well, how does this sound? I believe the following, and I've said this already on a pod because I wanted to get ahead of it. I never said that Trevor Lawrence wasn't going to be a good quarterback. I said he's not a savior. He's not a John Elway. And you know what? Andrew Luck is not an Andrew a savior either. He was second on that list, and now it's Trevor Lawrence as the three best prospects in the last well, 40 years. In fact, you said you would not be surprised if Trevor Lawrence ended up being a top 10 quarterback. You just didn't think he would be a top three or four quarterback. Exactly. I think that Matt Ryan career is probably what I see for Trevor Lawrence. Maybe one I don't think he wins the MVP, but one but he's got so much love and hype. Maybe there's a tight vote and he gets one. I don't think he's going to be carrying teams to the Super Bowl. He's, John Elway carried three teams to the Super Bowl when they were horrible before he won the two. That's a different breed. Drive, the fumble. Uh, 
Well, I mean, I can still remember that I can't remember the dude that did t- Ad- Ad- not Adberg. Who was it? Dick Adberg did tennis too, right? And he he used to always call the NBC games without in Denver, yeah. and it was like when he'd make a big play, he'd go away. Like as the ball was in the air, he's saying it, and it was like I I'd be dozing off, like you know, ten, eleven years old, dozing off during the game, and you wake up to hear, and you know, it was listen. He was. I wasn't a huge Elway fan, but you got to appreciate how great he was. Trevor Lawrence. He hasn't. Made, here's the question: How many wow plays have we seen from Trevor Lawrence versus? And I know that's kind of. Well, no, it's subjective, but I think he's gotten a fairly efficient, and I think he'll be fairly efficient. But I don't know. I, I agree with you, but I just think he's massively better than he was. Oh, I a agree year with ago. that. Yeah, and I think that's and the more than you would expect so far. Yeah, yep. and if he kept eight and eleven then he's already better than I'm saying he's going to be. If he has any other growth, he'll be top five. Uh, do you expect that next year, top five? I don't. So these, then you think these numbers are deceiving? I think. What these, else could they be? I think these numbers are what he could be. I, I think if well, he, he ends up being like, the eighth best quarterback in so the league, that wouldn't right shock now me. as well as you think he, his ceiling is what he's doing now. And I, and I, yes. I mean, how many? You've talked about it with Josh Allen. How many guys are way better after year no, no, two no, than no. year th- or after year two? Like, how many grow yeah. into the superstars? See, it's a slightly different thing, which is this. And you guys can tell me if you agree. If you're bad in year two, that's when it's very rare that you become anything. And Josh Allen was borderline bad in year two, and he's certainly become, worse than Trevor Lawrence has been. But he hasn't had well in three games, yes. Yeah. All right. So much worse. It wasn't yeah. even close. Okay. So, but if you're good in year two, that means you now have a chance to be a good quarterback. Where before you're almost disqualified if you're not good in year two. But they do usually grow in year three. The good ones keep growing. Yeah. By little small amounts, usually, right? So, but it is interesting. Year one almost means nothing, hmm. right? Now it does mean something, but it doesn't mean year two is like, this is it. If you can't do it, year three won't do you. Daniel Jones, right? mm-hmm. think of all the quarterbacks you, Arnold. Had, you held out hope for in year three and four. Josh Allen is the one that broke the mold because it's the one. All right, next game. Faz, what do you, you got your four? Or yeah, you? I got my four. I am going to go to Houston, AJ's former city like Houston plus the five against the Chargers. You know, let me make a case power rating-wise here. Because I got Houston rated as a tie, worst team in the league, minus six. So hard to say. It would be very hard to say, hey, I got Houston too um, too high in my power ratings. They're last. Chargers. By the way, I, it's a double like I got Houston. Chargers I have as a zero. You know, I was driving around, dead average team, and I'm thinking, what am I smoking? What have I seen from the Chargers that would possibly have them at a zero? I got the quarterback that's compromised with the cartilage injury. I've got injuries all over the field. I got, you know, Keenan Allen, arguably their best wide receiver, is out. They got two linemen out. Bosa's injured. And that was no aberration the way that that loss to Jacksonville. That was just pathetic. That was just a horrendous performance. You know what? I'm looking at what they've done year to date. The win against the Raiders, that's not looking as impressive as the way the Raiders are playing. The game against Kansas City, Kansas City's not a juggernaut. I think right now with all these injuries... I say they're not a juggernaut. I mean, you have them rated number two in your power that, Yeah, that's a f- and five points better than an average team. That is not a juggernaut well, team. But here's the thing. Juggernaut implies momentum, right? A ju- mm-hmm. Usually a team's not a juggernaut a whole year. Like Buffalo was a juggernaut, now they're not. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, if they win a couple more games big... So my point being... 
Yeah, Kansas City's number two. I agree with you, Fez. Kansas City's number two, so that might feel like, well, what adjective does it deserve? But when it's like each game's getting worse, even though it only brings you to two, you're not a juggernaut. Okay. Right? So bottom line, I've got the Chargers rated as a zero, and I— if I had to like tweet out my power ratings right now, I'd make them a minus a half. I'd make them worse slightly than an average team. Zero is as, as that is wildly. How much optimistic. of that is injury? Oh, it's all injury. It's all. Oh, I, it's all. How good is how good is? I, the I, I don't know. Is I Brandon don't know. going to retire? I don't know, but I do know that this that, that you could easily make a very good case that this is a not just a below average team, but a significantly below average team with their current roster they're playing with. But how big of an adjustment are you making cause of the injuries? So I lowered them two points. Okay. So what you're saying is they'd usually be right around plus two. Now they're even, meaning even is an average team. Yes. And I'm and even if so even if I'm wildly optimistic and I make them an average team mm-hmm. at zero, right. they're still well, first of all it's not why you're saying they're a half point worse, yeah, right? It's, it's not a, wildly optimistic. So so that would that it's would the make the smallest them, increment you could change. Yes, them. So that would make them a four point favorite in this game and they're laying five and I think that that's being off very optimistic to make them minus four. I think it should be a little bit less than that. So I'll take the plus five in Houston. I think that we've talked about before that now this is like your game. The, the stars and scrubs sort of thing, and the Chargers certainly fit that that category. And when Rashawn Slater's hurt, and Joey Bosa's hurt, and Justin Herbert's hurt, and Keenan Allen's hurt, like that's all the stars. When all the stars are, if you've got six great players and then a bunch of guys, and four of those six great players are do, hurt, do you have a pick on this game? No, I don't. I, I agree with him though. I, why, if, well, if I had like to, five picks more, well, yeah. So mm-hmm. you, but, but you like this one. I mean, you pointed at me like you wanted me to talk. I, I well, because you... this was your no, no. I was. Just, I'm asking why you didn't. You don't have a pick. I'm saying what? How? How'd you off it? I, I don't want to bet on the Texans. That's it. That's yeah. it. that's what I wanted it's to hear. It's as simple yeah. as that. Yeah. yeah. So, but you do see that if you're going to take like the in general, and this is where people get confused. I'm not saying you, but is if you look at the worst records in a year, the ATS isn't very good. The Detroit last year was an exception. But we don't know which teams are going to have the worst records every year. If you look at the lowest win totals, which is saying this is projected, those teams do better ATS. So if you're eliminating teams because they're bad and it's only a couple games, because I think it's hard to say Houston's underperformed expectations so far. No, you cannot say No, you're right. I mean, they tie. Yeah. So I'm not saying you will give them some huge upgrade, but they haven't been downgraded. So, in general, I think you're leaving winners on the table. I might be. But I just saw them lose to the freaking Bears. I mean, the Bears who can't throw a forward pass. Oh, and somehow well, they lost to the Bears. So the Bears are fav- or the Bears are only, what, three-point dogs against the team that was almost 3-0? Yes. Is that Well, the Bears picks? were almost 3-0. Are the Giants winning your pick? No. Yeah, it doesn't all make sense. So there is an anti-Texans uh, trend here. All right. But it is also pro Browns, so it goes because it's anti-Falcons as well. So it it helps one of your picks and hurts one of your picks here. Uh, since 2003, teams that start the season three and O ATS, which the Texans are three and O ATS, the Falcons are three and O ATS, the Lions and the Dolphins all three and O against the spread in Week Four. Those teams 27, 40, and one ATS, 40 percent. Okay. Do, uh, it was a little complicated. Go over one more time. So since 2003, All right. you look at the teams that are 3-0 and against the spread All right. after three weeks. Mm-hmm. So th- I like this because it means likely the public is on them. And in week four, they're 27-40-1 and ATS, I like is 40%. This. I like So this. that goes against the Texans, against the Falcons, against the Lions, and against the Dolphins. 
Fez, this is a shocker because when I heard, you know, usually I'm really focused what everyone's saying. I was a little distracted for a second. And then I'm hearing, oh, okay, 3 and 0, that makes sense. But the teams he started naming, I'm going, what? And then Houston, obviously, for a lot of the week last week on this show, it was two and a half. It got to three Friday night. So it was three as a fair grade for sure, right? Yes. So uh, no doubt there. But what I'm saying is teams this bad being undefeated against the spread feels rare. Oh, extreme. And I'm going to go – I will forecast that this has never happened before, that if you had f- – that 75% of the teams that are undefeated against the spread the last four – are teams with losing records that just isn't going to happen? Yeah, good good trend though. Um, I'm going to look it up as I, when someone's talking, and I'll, I'll let you guys know what the history is on this um, regarding who are the teams that made up these mm-hmm. teams, because I wonder how different it is if a team because is the public betting right now some of these bad teams? I, I know they're betting Detroit, right? So, and I don't think Detroit's even bad. Okay. Who's up next? Your four weight and a triple like. Ooh, I'm right. the only one not on this. You're the only one where you didn't get the memo. At least, you, at least you're not on the other side. <laughs> I mean, that's what's nice. And that is obviously the Tennessee Titans. Who doesn't want to play the Titans? Faz, I told you on Monday. I said, if it was any wise guy play, or old school wise guy play, it had to be Tennessee against the Raiders last week. And the theory being. Hey, number one seed, they have a, 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 let's be honest, the Giants was an unexpected loss, meaning even fourth quarter win share and stuff, it was a great comeback by the Giants. Mm-hmm. Then you run into a juggernaut at the time, the Bills, and everyone's thinking how, and all the narrative, oh, they don't have Brown, Tannehill looked like crap in the playoffs. Derrick Henry's like got a plate in his foot. Yeah, but he looks slow. He looks, and he did, he does. And then they lose the rush end. They lose their la- tackle, Luan. Don't have their wide receiver anymore. Yeah, Brown's done gone. He's celebrating in Philadelphia. Like, this is when a variable steps up. This is a buy low opportunity. Yeah. Now, the question is how much adjustment has there been? And looking at it, it feels like the Colts' win got more love and, 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 and it doesn't feel to me like, though, I'm not saying they should. I mean, a lot of people are saying, oh, Colts got lucky. They're going to lose, you know, 10 out or they're going to lose 90 out of 100 of those games. I don't think, I think that's overboard. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, they were competitive in the game. They were in a position to, to, to win. They should have won less than half the time, certainly. Yeah, I agree with all that. So if we look at the look ahead last week, and it was a situation. I mean, this is this is kind of wacky. If we look at the, the look ahead last week, three and a half, and it closed at three and a half with the look ahead closed, and there's movement there sometimes a lot actually. Then it opens up at three point three, and now it's at three point three. So the idea that we can call, I mean, we can call it no move. Right? I mean, it is 3.3, but we got three and a half. Mm-hmm. So for the contest, though, we're trying to give picks that are winning against the market, but we're talking about They're know, close decimal points case, here. Yeah. yeah. Is to me what Tennessee did to right the ship. Now, is it really right? No, but at least they, they're not like one of the worst teams in the league, which was open. If they get blown out last week, you could say this is one of the worst teams in the league. People talked about betting them to have the worst record at, at 18-1 to 1 or whatever it was. I think yeah. we've seen, at least I think, that's not the case. Absolutely. And that game tells us that. That one game told us that. The Colts game, 
if you didn't know what happened the first two games, I don't think you would at all be surprised. I mean, again, we know what the look ahead line in that game was, right? So that moved, what, three points, you know, at the high, I guess, what, was what, three? The We're Kansas talking about City? the Col- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is that was the Colts, se- there were sevens. There were sevens. The Col- and then it dr- drifted back, right? Mm-hmm. But the Colts were in a situation where they were being downgraded drastically from what happened the first two games. And then we see, you know, they're not quite as bad as they seem, but it could have been 0-3 very easy. It feels like Tennessee's statement meant more. That, that, that what, the uncertainty about the Colts, the uncertainty about Tennessee, I'd say there was more uncertainty about Tennessee, and they won in a, in a more uh, convincing manner. Up eight. Raiders had to convert two fourth and longs on their final drive to get it down to two. Yes. Yeah. That so, was a clean win by Tennessee. It was a fortunate win by Indy. Yeah. And, and, and I think the performance, if we just think about it as how good was the performance, as you said, I think Tennessee's relatively was better. And I think they had more at stake and that there was more uncertainty. Who answered questions last week is my point. And I think that Tennessee answered more questions, but the line effectively hasn't moved. That's my main handicap. Do you agree with my assumption about answering more questions? Yes, I think I think your analysis is spot on. And I can make the case here, who's the better team? I don't know. It's close. It's real close. And it, this is like the ultimate free roll. Yeah, right. Maybe Indy's a little bit better. You know what? If Indy's a little bit better, and RJ, you and I have spoken about this, and I think this is your, uh, you did the research on this, divisional games don't have as much of a home field advantage. So no, look it's about at, a point. I mean, in theory, it's back when it was three, it was three and two in division. Yeah, so this line is saying that the only way that Indy can be a three-and-a-half-point favorite is Indy has to be two-and-a-half points better. That is just beyond reasonability. I mean, I don't even know they're better. Maybe they're a half point better. Give them a point and a half for home field, we get to two. You know what? If the line should be two and we're catching three and a half, we absolutely have to bet it. this is by three weight. Uh, I think it's your two if we got this yep. written down, right? So two. This is my two, yes. But my, my argument was so convincing, you thought I got to upgrade. upgrade. Yeah, upgrade. I, I did. I did like it better than my three weight now, but it's my two. Yes, Colts are even more. Fi- they're more favored in the futures market than the Titans. So the market telling us the Colts are a step above the Titans, which is interesting. Wow. So what gives give us the numbers on that? So like Super Bowl odds. So the Titans would be sixty eight to one, and the Colts are thirty five to one. Mm-hmm. It's almost half. No, no, I understand that. Um, What's the division odds? They'll be. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, Mackenzie, you want to pull those? Here's the thing, though. By definition, we're saying the line, like, I don't think we can take derivative markets and say, oh, look, they agree or disagree. If anything, it would mean there's an opportunity in the derivative markets. But really, what it's saying is the same thing this is saying, that that, that, that they think Indianapolis. we think everyone's wrong. Now, I don't think that Tennessee's going to any Super Bowl. So, yeah. I mean, but in general, if I had to say in this game, how much better is the Colts? Especially considering, I think, uh, so what do we got for divisions? Colts are plus 110, Jaguars plus 220, Titans 3 to 1, Texans 33 to 1. Oh, that's Let's just ridiculous. Can I bet no for the Colts to win the division? Uh, I mean, enough. that's a ridiculous number. You know, another re- but I mean, listen, that's a good counterpoint. We generally disagree with the market, but we might disagree with the market. Now, I will say this Tennessee's thin because they've had so many injuries. 
the rest of the season. Mm. I like him more in this game than I would the rest of the season. Henry, a lot of he might get hurt again. Ryan get more acclimated to the offense, so they Indy might. Yeah. Well, forecast Colts to are, be better by the yeah, by that's a good Halloween. Point, yeah. Colts adjusted win total is eight and a half. Titans seven and a half. Okay. Okay. So, and that and that's interesting because that assumes two points, right, Fez? Uh, one yeah. And right, right. But right, but right now, Indianapolis. Oh, that, that's, that's a good point. Saying. They got a tie. The tie doesn't help them any on this because it's an it, it's just season wins. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, okay. But what I'm saying is, right now, they're saying. That the Colts are one win better. Yes, and that's that's two points per game, right? Uh, one so win better is thirty three points. Or th- yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So so that's pretty much saying the market. If we assume one and a half, now one and a half doesn't get to three and a half. Though. So if anything, even that win market kind of says it's a little pricey. Yeah. This game. So if they're two points better, give them what get, get them to three. Yeah. Then no way it gets it to three and a half. Not to mention we game. like Tennessee more now than we would over yes. the season. I think this half a point is makes the world a difference. Here. Well, on three for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No doubt. No. I mean, we talked about the and Fez was drilling home the percentages. If it's supposed to be three. And you're getting three and a half. That gets you to uh, your borderline profitability there. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, you're at fifty-five percent there. Yes. Yeah. And exactly. that's, so that's a five percent ROI. Five percent's a pretty darn fat ROI, you know. Well, it's a, you wouldn't want if if you had less in ROI than five percent, you'd almost if you had a trend or something very or a handicapper you were batting and you got enough sample size. This well, that's the catch point too. If you know it's five percent, you're fine. That's fifty five percent against the spread. Yeah, that's that's solid. No, that is solid. But I'm saying if you were only getting the five percent ROI on a group of plays that had a medium amount of sample size, you might say, you know, maybe I should get a little bit because obviously that's not the truth. If we knew it was the truth. I mean, that's the whole thing of half count. Well, if, right? if it was a huge sample, we would trust it. it. Yeah. Okay. And then I'd say start playing more. You're not playing enough games. That's the classic. Um, AJ, you were the third pick on it. Scott jumped in and just said, let me talk. I apologize. Go ahead. Yeah, bro. this is my two way. And, and I think it's, you can make an argument the Colts have been the most disappointing team this season because. They're sitting at one, one, and one, but the one, the one win. Even obviously, after we talk the about win, lucky. it's one of the most disappointing. I think so because that tie feels like a stolen tie too. The Texans outplayed the Colts in that game. But then that means you're not. I guess are we disappointed to the results or how good we think the team intrinsically? Is? I, that's what I was saying. Like what we thought of the team was coming into the season versus what we've we've seen of them so far. So let's go back to the win total. How much has it been adjusted? So the Colts started at ten mm-hmm. to start the season. Now it's eight and a half. Okay. And they're essentially one and two because their tie doesn't count as a win. Okay. And that is at least a game behind. So they're one game behind, and then we're going to tack on another game. We're going to tack on only half a game for expectations. So that means they've only been downgraded one point under that theory. Yeah. Okay. So that doesn't feel like enough. I mean, that doesn't speak to AJ's point, but I think that's a sign the market's high on them. Because I agree. I would bet under eight and a half, though. But I think that's more of the forecast of them improving as the year progresses. But it goes to show you, you have a team at 10 wins. They effectively start one and two, and they don't even start that bad, but for the win totals, they do. And they're already supposed to be below 500. Mm -hmm. Right? At 500. No, for the season, they're supposed to be below 500 now with eight wins. Eight and a half, right? What was it? Eight and a half Colts. Okay, so then they're exactly five hundred. Seventeen right game now. schedules, like the new programs, like throw me off. And yeah. if you the teams that we thought coming into this season that are built to run the football, probably the Ravens, the Eagles. 
the Titans. Well, I don't the think Colts. the Ravens are both to run the ball. I think that Lamar is both to run the mm. ball. The Ravens run poorly at this point, either. But way. coming into the season, we assumed the Ravens would run the ball well, right? Uh, I, they ran I the ball well big, last year. I mean, it, I, did they? I don't think they did. If you take Lamar out, but but it's a moot point. Go ahead, go ahead. But these Colts, twenty fourth in rush DVOA, twenty fourth in yards per carry, and the whole idea this offseason was bringing in Matt Ryan's going to let them be two dimensional since they were so run heavy last year. Matt Ryan has been a disaster. These are the players who have graded worse per PFF than Matt Ryan: Trey Lance, Baker Mayfield. Justin Fields. That's the list. Seven fumbles, RJ. Seven fumbles. So who has seven? Matt Ryan. Jeez. And they're dead last in offensive DVOA. The Colts are dead last. Yeah. So, but here's the thing. If we're saying now that matters, but in general, if a team plays bad and their stats are bad, that makes sense, right? Here you're saying one, one, and one. You're thinking, in theory, that's the 16th best team, right? The average team's going to be 500. The way they did it, it's hard to say that. Where do you got them? That's interesting. 16th. Okay. So <laughs> so if they're 16th in your rankings, and I think it's generally correct, your point, AJ, is, hey, if you're worse in offense, you're probably not the 16th best team because we believe there's more reps, obviously, in plays, and Football Outsiders does a good job. It's an interesting point. The stats are worse than their record. Yeah. Now that's the way to have said it. That would have drew everyone in. I'm not as good at this as you. Well, no, no, no. I'm just saying it's a great <laughs> – it seems like you're on – today you were rounding off the injuries. You're on it. I can tell extra work today. All right. That's what's fascinating. My last comment is this. Matt Ryan didn't redeem himself in any way. So they got off the schneid, the Colts. But are you any more optimistic about Matt Ryan? Not at all. So that's the problem, right? If he plays this way the rest of the year, how could they be 500? Well, maybe if he can entice you know, the opponents to curse him out on a, on a mm-hmm. weekly basis. I agree. That was a tough call. But, but wouldn't you agree? Usually when a team has a turnaround, you're thinking, hey, the things that were a problem, the main thing that was a problem got turned around. The main thing didn't get turned around. No. That might be the point. I think that was even better than AJ. What do you think? I, I agree. Right, by a smidge. Slightly. All right, who's next? Uh, my four weight, the New England Patriots plus nine and a half at Green Bay. Wow. Crossfire. And we've Cross- got crossfire. Yeah. Boy, you've gotten sharp all of a sudden. I don't know. I'll, right, I'll let you decide. <laughs> I think this is an overreaction to the Mac Jones injury. Mac Jones uh, has so not. Mac Jones hate. Right. Mac Jones hasn't been good this year. And the Patriots are a run heavy team anyway. They want to keep the game short. They want to keep Rodgers on the sideline. This is the Belichick way. They want to make it a one-score game late. The Pats are the best rush DVOA team in the league. The Packers are the worst rush DVOA defense in the league. Mac Jones has been well below average this season, so the drop-off to Hoyer so you, you, can't be that much. A, you're throwing a lot of adjectives. Are you going to give any facts about how Mac Jones' performance so you've said two times how bad he is. I mean, I can pull up where he is, PFF. Well, but no, it, I mean, I'm saying the fact you know that, we want to look at the numbers, don't we? Yes, Because I'm going right. to question it. I'm going to question it. You think Mike Jones has been good? I'm going to question the way you're presenting it. Mackenzie, we'll, we'll let Scott have his rebuttal now, but Mackenzie, I want you to look up for me the, the aggregated luck for the Pats. I know it's going to be quick. you got your sheet, but you know these sheets better than me until I get more used to them. And then Scott goes first, and then we'll talk a little about how unlucky the Pats have been. So this line in the summer was five, right? And we saw it progress all the way to ten, and then eventually where it is now. Uh, to me, this is all about the Packers at Lambeau 
with Aaron Rodgers playing the way that he's capable of playing whoa, 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 whoa. against playing the way he's capable yes. of playing. The, the, you're, this, you're mixing I'm, up the tenses no, no, there. I'm, I'm, I'm simplifying it right now. Okay, okay. I'm, this is the keep it simple, stupid handicap. All right. right. I got the Packers and Aaron Rodgers against Brian Hoyer and the Patriots. Last week, what I saw from Green Bay. You're going to play a lot of favorites thinking that way. Was Aaron Rodgers form a relationship or solidify a relationship with his rookie wide receiver, Romeo Dubs. Everything that we are reading, or I've been reading, coming out of Packers practices and, and press conferences this week, is how they might have a new number one wide receiver. Everyone thought it was going to be Alan Lazard is going to be the number one wide receiver for this team. Romeo Dubs has stepped up and almost claimed that role. Last week, eight catches uh, on all eight of his targets. So this was the game they scored 14 points? Yes. Okay. Eight catches, 73 yards, and the touchdown. Rodgers, very comfortable looking his way. He out-targeted. I think they got 12. Was it 12? Was it 12-10? They won 14-12. 14-12? Yeah. He out-targeted everybody on the Packers. So I think that adds another element that Bill Belichick is going to have to defend against that I don't think he was prepared or thought about defending defending against coming into this game. Let's dig into what he's saying a second because here's where I can see what he's saying. is, And I think there's one element on top of it is exactly following your point, which is the following. If the emotions around, we had Adam still hasn't been replaced, and he's still not replaced, but we got no one I can count on, right? Because, like you said, the receivers, you th- the veterans you thought maybe would do were doing worse, right? To have a rookie emerge, especially a rookie that got a lot of attention in the preseason, mm-hmm. is one, I think it generally gets everyone in a better mood, which is self-fulfilling to some degree. But number two, if they're up nine late, ten late, whatever, and all of a sudden they get a chance to go deep to Dobbs and put an exclamation point on another big win, I think they're going to be a little more aggressive late if they do have a lead to kind of perpetuate that. The narrative of they're emerging. Sure. So that's a little thing I think that your point plus, I think that even if you're right, opens that up. On the first drive of the game, they got him the ball three times last week. Mm, okay. They are establishing him in this offense. But in a way, that mo- that that kind of mutes the point. Uh, mutes, that's fair. It makes it m- moot, and it mutes it, right? Because if they're doing it, hey, symbolically, we got to get this guy some catches, is that something that's repeatable? And if it is, why doesn't every team do it to start the game? Well, that's what they would do with Devontae Adams, what they would do with anybody. They get the ball into the hands of their but, playmakers. But this guy hasn't established himself as a playmaker. And now he will. That's well, what I'm but trying now, to say. But now he will, or it's two wrong tenses. <laughs> now, now he will. <laughs> now he has. Uh-huh, but has he if the ball was forced to him? And shall continue. <laughs> That's good. That, that was clever. Go ahead. Mac Jones' PFF last year was 78.9 through three so games this a, year. he had a great PFF last year. Continue. Through this year, 58.4. Yeah, it's been down. Last year, QBR, 56.9. This year, 35.9. All right. So about a 20-point drop-off in both. Okay, so here's the question. Both those both of those measures takes turnovers very seriously. Now, obviously, PFF tries to say is it luck or not, all right? If you just look at yards per play, Fez, I don't have the exact numbers you do. I do. How where's the Patriots? I need to pull that up. And you know McKenzie do a 96-4 and I want to know where the Patriots are in success rate. The reason I want to look at both of these is they're going to take out turnovers. Now, turnovers matter, 
But I think we're going to be shocked how good New England is other than Turner. And, and Mac Jones. Spot on. Six yards per play, give up 5.4. That's a plus 0.6 differential. To put that in perspective, I've got with um, Hoyer, I've got New England you know, rated. Uh, but, but forget that. If yeah. it was just yards per play, where would you? Where are they ranked, stack ranked in the league? All right, I'm counting the teams that are better than them. Uh-huh. One, two, three, four. By the four, way, as Fez is doing that? Fifth. All right, so fifth. we're saying by yard, the vaunted yards per play, the fifth best team in, in the league, New England. Yes, okay. net yards per play. Net yards per play. And you said .06, but really you mean .6. .6 point yards. 6. Yeah. Yeah, but zero, I, I throw, yeah, so .6 <laughs> yards, right? Yes. Okay. Um, the zero is redundant. Yeah. So um, if I said they were the fifth best team in the league, you'd be like, no effing way. No, I would agree with that. I would say no, there's no freaking way. All right. But you know, you know, now the thing about yards per play is it doesn't account for strength of schedule. New England's had a pretty tough schedule. Miami's looking pretty darn Miami, good. I mean, you know, Pittsburgh isn't great, but they're no. they're not a bad team, right? They're a below average team, and we'll see what the record is at the end. And you know, actually, it's not that hard because Denver, Denver's, um, wait, Denver. wait, wait, no, 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 Miami, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Baltimore. So yeah, that's well, that's well, what an do you above mean? average. Yeah, you, you, you're it's above about, average. You're right. It's way above average. Not I mean, way above average. It's, th- above average. it's way above average. No. Well, let's add it up. What is what is um what is Miami in your rankings? I've got them one and a half better than that. Okay. Miami's one and a half yep. with all the injuries and for this week. But what's their real ranking? Fair enough. Call them three better. Okay, so three better. And what is Baltimore? Three better. Okay, and three ranks where? Like tenth. What oh, is no. it? Tenth? No, no, it's seventh. It's all right. So we got like the seventh and eighth best team, and Pittsburgh ranks where? Twenty seventh. Well, that's stupid. It's not stupid. It, no, it's stupid. I think it's stupid. You're wrong. You're stupid <laughs> to th- think that's stupid. Well, how's, how's your heads-up record, Fez? When I disagree with you, how's our record over five R- years? RJ, Pittsburgh's playing the Jets Fez, this week Steven, at home. Steven. RJ, yeah. Randall. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> Pitt, Pittsburgh is home against the Jets. The god-awful Jets in Pittsburgh's laying three. Come on. But the Pittsburgh's the god, bad. It, it's the god-awful. Well, first off, the god. I, I think Pittsburgh's below average. I think they're 22nd, 21st. I mean, who's who's right above Pittsburgh in your rankings? Washington. Okay. You think Washington and Pittsburgh are equal teams? I have them equal. And the well, I know you have them equal. That doesn't prove anything. It proves you think that. And I think that tells something. It, it also proves when you when when you shout, you pull away from I the do, mic, I and, do. I put, and I go into the damn mic. So. <laughs> when I when I shout in the mic, you know I'm, doing I'm really mad right. as yeah, opposed yeah. to this. Right. All right. So, but what, name a team ahead. Give me a couple teams that are better than I've got. Oh, you think are better than Dallas, them. Atlanta, Arizona. Dallas with Cooper Rush, yes. which was big. I mean, listen, guys played pretty well mm-hmm. in Arizona. One point better. Yeah, well, yeah. If if you upgraded Pittsburgh a point, they'd be right where I think they are, twenty second or so, right? That's right. We're one point. So who part. do you like in those te- those teams? You like Arizona or Pittsburgh? Heads up on a neutral, pick them. So at minimum, you think it's close? I think they're exactly the same. I think that I, I I would have them. Who you exactly? Got? I I agree with him. I I'd probably have Arizona all point better. Wow, that's crazy. I, I, I like, Well, this is the beauty of it. I can't wait to, to hear the Jets-Pittsburgh game. Well, no, because – well, I like Pittsburgh at three, but, I mean, we're playing at three and a half, so well, I don't – Well, that would be consistent, yes. I think but, pre-T.J. Watt injury, I, I would have thought they are probably about equal. Like, if, if Pittsburgh had T.J. Watt uh, – I, 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 I actually would have put Pittsburgh maybe ahead of them. Oh, yeah. Listen, you, you agree with Fez. You don't have to keep iterating on it, saying they might have been even if the best defensive player was back yeah. on their team. That's, I mean, enough. We got it. 
Here's the question, though. How many points is Pittsburgh worse, in your opinion? Four. Okay. Um, let's think of some of these lines here. It doesn't seem— Worse than average, you think? Is that what he's saying? Yeah. Okay. Anything else? No, I, I didn't know what he, when you said four. I didn't know worse than what. I, I didn't realize worse that you meant worse well, than average. Well, you know how he team. does his power ratings, right? Yeah, I, but then I thought you were talking about versus a certain team. So. All right, so here's my question. We're saying minus four, plus three. Plus three. And plus three. So they're, they're averaging plus two, which is where in your rankings? The ninth best team. Okay. So, so the, their average team is the ninth best team. They've had a hard schedule. I, I recant you. So when correct. you said I was wrong, you were like McKenzie again. I was I, <laughs> at some point. Well, I wrote the wrong team down that they played initially, so I had it wrong. Exactly. So maybe <laughs> so. you shouldn't be so sure. I mean, I get. I love when we disagree because I think it's going to be fifty-fifty unless we bat, and then it tends to do better for me. But <laughs> you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to taunt you in a batting more way. I see that. <laughs> but in general, screaming you're wrong to me. Probably I've earned that not to be the case. Meaning I could be wrong, but it's not like almost certain that you're screaming it. Would you agree? Yes. <laughs> Mackenzie, would you agree? Most definitely. AJ. Agreed. <laughs> hey, I screwed up. I was wrong. No, but dude, I listen, if you were right, or if, you, if, if I didn't think you were right, I'd think there was a 49% chance you were hey, right. Hey, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring— But you've got to give me the same I, credit. Well, you, fair enough, but I'm going to bring my opinion just because it's, just, it's, it's, like, just, it's like the reference. Are you getting enough sugar? No, he's not eating at all. That's what I'm Add saying. lettuce and ice not, chips. Yeah. Wishnev's at like 205. Now I'm busted. Yeah, because I'm telling you. My lead's down to seven pounds. What? Seven. Yeah. Yeah, there's a magic number up on the board. <laughs> <laughs> but Steve, you don't care. He doesn't matter anymore. You just got to get to 180. I'm 198. So you've been you've been here about a month trying to get off of 200. Body doesn't like to go below 200. <laughs> oh my god, he's gonna lose nine thousand. It doesn't like to go below 200, Thank or you goodness, like the betting's going so good because I, I may well lose. Fez, how do you take your coffee? <sighs> With seven creamers. Well, we met seven <laughs> creamers, and he's like, I don't know why. Like I'm drinking a glass of milk here. It's basically a glass of milk. <laughs> you know what's? Uh, we're about a week away from a sauna suit. You realize that? You know what's funny? Remember the famous Sopranos. When Hesh goes, at what point am I worth more dead than alive to Tony? <laughs> yeah. Now, what I'm saying is, Wishnef, he doesn't know about your connections, Fez. No. Is he worth whacking out for 9K? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, we just did a time shift. So if you want to see Fez's... Some people said we should subtitle it Fez's Last Days. I'm not saying that, you know, Patton's Last Days and Patton 2 was not good. He had a broken back... They put in the, the steel plate. In, ugh. But I don't think it's going to be that bad, Fez. But we talked at length. Uh, you've now become a big underdog in this weight loss bet. Yeah, it's gone many fields. Big gone. underdog. Just That's enough. Yes. Now, 9,000 dimes. Nine dimes. That's not a lot, really. Yeah, the cayenne pepper might change all that. I wonder if you put that into like the S&P 500. And when Johnny was had his first child, it, it got released to him. How much would that be, that nine? Well, based upon the last 12 months, zero. <laughs> so. well, but that's the thing. We all know in the long term, it yep. goes up, well, 11% a but year. They, well, they double every eight years? Yeah, I think 11% was the number way back, yeah. yeah. So in theory, maybe that doesn't continue, but law, you know, the miracle of compound interest. That's right. But instead, you're going to give it to Todd Wishnev. No, I'm not. 
I'm just trying to psych you up a little bit. It's, I'm not losing to Snuffleupagus. I hope he gets that finish line because if you kept up like this, when's the better fi- I wonder if he just, you know what would be wild? If he got to 181 and just sat there until Fez got within like shouting distance and then he just went past and just made Fez lose another like 10 pounds. But well, if I mean, he if wins he, if he gets to Yeah, he'd, be, he'd beat him because if he passes Fez at any point, it's over already. Oh, he, wait a minute. So he doesn't even have to get to 180. No. Right. If, if he's 196 tomorrow, he wins. Yeah. How did you negotiate this? He weighed <laughs> 300 pounds. And what were you at the time? I was 230. I don't know. I don't know. All right. We talked about this. At, we still don't have it figured out. <laughs> and we talked about it for about, what, 15 minutes probably, right? At least. <laughs> that's, that's a good promotion for it. At least. <laughs> Man, it seemed like longer. Oh, no. I, I mean, I was just saying it was a, a we talked, we lengthy talked discussion. So long, I did another podcast cover. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> we got three different covers now. <laughs> Fez, more, a few more Fez complaints. We're going to have Monday, Wednesday. Yeah, every day we're going to have a different cover. <laughs> All right, Minnesota at New Orleans. Now, this is a London game. First game on the board. I didn't need to tell you guys that, but I wanted to. Right, AJ? That's right. It's Minnesota in a neutral against New Orleans, Minnesota by two and a half. We got a triple like on Minnesota. AJ, you start. Yeah, I think the Saints are broken. They're not getting any pass rush. That was a big strength for them last year. And they are 30th per PFF in pass rush this year. And when's the game that Kirk Cousins looked terrible? It was against Philly, who was in his pocket all night. He couldn't get anything done. And then Minnesota, so far, the two, the two and one to me for Minnesota is impressive. At the time when they got blown out by Philly, I was concerned. But now that we can look at the big picture, feels like Philly's going to do that to a lot of teams. And the win over Green Bay is clearly aging well, better than I thought it was going. Well, to. How, how much of an upgrade are we giving Green Bay from the beginning of the year? They're two and one. Mm-hmm. And mean, the one was to Minnesota. Yeah, but what I'm saying is. Green Bay isn't a lot better than we thought they were, right? No, I'm saying that's a good win, and I think the Lions is a better win than no, I. But th- you said it was aging well, which implies that- when they started out 0 and 1, and I'll be, and I'm probably going to lose a bet to you, where I said Minnesota's the best team in the NFC NFC North, and I took a bad number even at it. So I I, I was wrong about Green Bay. I overreacted to but one you game. You were away away from the market on Green Bay. Yes. So okay. So in your mind, I'm I'm just trying to get straight. I, yeah. Because if we just say things that aren't correct, then we get in the habit of that. And we're not talking about correct, like the number's wrong. I'm saying I just... But fair enough. I think you back RJ's directionally right. I've got Green Bay actually a point worse than what I had pre-flop. But even if they were a point and a half better, it wouldn't be how much it aged. Right? But go ahead. Go ahead. And then the Saints offensive line has done a terrible job protecting Jameis. He's been sacked 11 times in three games so far. And... I, I certainly thought the Jameis interception woes were behind us. I know interceptions are typically random, but this is a guy well, no, who no, is— not random, all of them, but about half, you could say, maybe. But this is a guy, his last full season in the NFL, he threw nine more than the next closest guy, and he's at it again. He, he's already th- throwing these picks again. I, he leads the league in interceptions. I think that those problems may be coming back, and I think maybe Sean Payton last year covered up some of that before the injury— I don't think that's happening anymore. I think the Saints are are wildly overrated right now. Okay. So, Fez, how do we handle 
Because here's the thing. He rattled off a lot of extreme cases or, or, or assumptions. Most of those cannot be true. The, or, or he'd be right. But he, I give him credit for, AJ credit for this. If everything he said was true, there were probably five points overrated. And no NFL team's off that much ever. Well, pretty much. I mean, maybe beginning of the year in rare cases. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. How off was the greatest show on turf, you know, the day that uh, – or um, Trent Green there's, there's, went down. Their yeah. season win was six and a half. Okay. And yeah, they won so, the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, That's a great example. I think that's probably the, the most. Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, but – in general, I think AJ's right that there's been disappointments with the Saints. That on that, he's just using extremes. But the market's moved on the Saints, right? I mean, let's look at the line here. If we look at because Minnesota, I would say is flat for the year. Yeah, pretty close to. Because that was such an impressive win, a really impressive loss. You know, impressively how much they lost by yeah. against Philly, and it was a toss up. Well, they. Eh. I mean, they probably they probably. I mean, they didn't cover last week, and they could have lost the game against the Lions, right? They got luck. I mean, they were lucky to win the game. I, I had Minnesota down, in Survivor. Double digits twice. So I think if anything, you got to downgrade Minnesota. And I'll tell you why. I'm going to slam dunk that. Meaning for the season. You're right. I got them half a point worse. I'm going to think it's even more. And here's why: if you look at the stuff that's been talked about since that Green Bay game, Green, you know, this was a uh, Minnesota team that had a new coach and had never really had his. His offense on the field, he did some things that, that the uh, Packers weren't ready for. So, you're, so putting been big, you're putting a big fat asterisk by that. I'm saying that. With the, game one, week one. Uh, how's Jefferson done since? Has, I'm still waiting to see him. I, did he even play the last two weeks? So yeah. what I'm saying is, he's, is, I'm not saying it was bad. I'm saying maybe it's a, it has to be an adjustment. You how can't wait you them one third, one third, yeah, one third. I think so. Yeah. But last week I did think that Adam Thielen and Kendrick Osborne came up big for the Vikings offense when Justin Jefferson was locked down. So that's something that But still net net they should they got lucky to beat the Lions. I, I would yes, I would agree there. I I'm with AJ on the Saints and and how bad they've looked and Jameis is clearly and, and, not and healthy. And you're with him on Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay, part good. of this. Yeah, 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 yeah. And with Jameis not being healthy, I mean he didn't practice he got an off day in practice this week. So this is a play to for save you? him. Yeah. As well, and as a play for me. Yes, we're it's all It's a triple-like. Um, all three and, ways. And here's the thing with the Saints offense, how bad they've looked. They're averaging 17 points per game. But let's go back and look at when they've scored. They scored a garbage-time touchdown last week. They scored a garbage-time touchdown in Week 2 against the Bucks, And they had a big fourth-quarter comeback in Week 1 to win that game. The bulk of their scoring is coming at the end of the game here in the fourth quarter when the game either doesn't matter or they're selling out and they, the game gets given to them. And, and if Mariota just picks up the third and one, you you would argue, hey, that was garbage time also. Atlanta yes. should, you know, exactly. should, should, should have won that game. You know, I'm going to keep this really simple. We were all very, not all of us, I was very optimistic on New Orleans. And here's why. The narrative was Winston Five and two last year, and then he got injured. A healthy Winston. Oh, Kamara's not going to get suspended, so we're going to have Kamara. Uh, wide receivers, big upgrade. We're going to have you know Michael Thomas back, upgrade with Landry, and we got Alave coming in. So we got much better quarterback. Going to have a running back. Going to have much better wide receivers. Well, let's fast forward. We're one month into the season. Our quarterback has a broken back. Uh, Kamara's already injured, and two of our wide receivers are injured. Thomas. And uh, and Landry, everything has gone wrong. 
all the reasons that we had to upgrade New Orleans are no longer there anymore. Now, I will say this. This is a trend in favor of the favorite Minnesota Vikings. London games not involving the Jacksonville Jaguars. The favorite is 15-7 and seven ATS. So if you're supposed to win, you, win you play in, in London, you yep. do win. RJ, you're, you're really good at this sort of thing. Why is it that when teams fly to a different continent, um, I think what's supposed it's, to happen it's, happens? It's disruptive. I mean, it, it, I think it's the same thing on Thursday. Right? If you look at big favorites on Thursday night, they do great. It doesn't matter if they're road or um, home. Yes. Because with a short week, you it's almost the Bobby Knight thing, I think. Remember when Bobby Knight, great coach. Well, go ahead. I was going to say, a simple way of saying it is on a short uh, or on, on a disrupted week, the players matter a lot more than the coaches. Yeah, talent there, wins out. There's a saying, it's, it's the Jimmy Jimmy's and the, the Joe. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Instead of the X's and the yeah. O's. Mm-hmm. I think so. And I mean, we see it consistently when it's this trend and Thursday night. Mackenzie just po- oh, he's got it popped. Um, you, why don't you read? You're not saying too much. I know the mic is a little finicky, but go ahead. On Thursday, when you're bigger than a seven point favorite, you're 65% ATS all time, 47 and 27. Yeah, I mean, so that's the same concept, right? I mean, the mm-hmm. same concept. Yes, exactly. And about the same win percentage. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I like that. Uh, I would say this is going to be, you. I don't know, would it be one of the smaller favorites? I mean, if it's less than a field goal on a neutral, the Jimmys and the Joes doesn't overwhelm me that much. But, hey, I'd rather be on that side than the other side with, with regards to that trend. My only concern, I'm on this as well, is I'm way anti-New Orleans. I was, I was very bullish on them. That has ended. Uh, Kirk Cousins stinks on Monday Night Football. All right, stinks in prime time. Well, now he gets to play at 6.30 in the morning <laughs> in another continent. That may well disrupt the guy that loves the routine. That worries me about the Vikings. And I think you said that not perfectly because it's not about the bright lights, we don't think. Yes. Jonas Knox, who co-hosted with me for years on SOV, he did, a, you know, he's not a guy that does studies, but he read an article and it talked about how Cousins was obsessed with his routine. The kind of guy that mm. knows not just his next dentist appointment, but the dentist appointment after that. And when he gets away from that one o'clock at home, it's a struggle for him. Doesn't get much weirder than this. I agree. I well, agree. it's going to be a, an afternoon game, London time. Yeah, but it's just, if he's away, I mean, yeah. it, it, like he wants his locker. He, you know, so think about the crappy food he's going to be eating. Bang, right. Bangers and mash. Fez, you got him as a three. I do, just because I'm overwhelmingly anti New Orleans, and and you know, as far as a line move forecast. This line's heading to three. I don't know if it's going to stop there. I could see this going to like minus three, lay a dollar twenty. Yeah, two and a half, one fifteen, two and a half, one twenty. That's that's where the market's going. So when I was going to get a drink and I was gone for a minute, I heard you talking about these meaningless garbage time touchdowns. Yeah, was one of them the touchdown that put him ahead against Atlanta? No, I'm saying that's if that no, the garbage time touchdown was last week, and the garbage time touchdown against the Bucks. Okay, because I, I I thought we talked about if Mariota gets that first down, that touchdown becomes a garbage time touchdown. But it was because it because Atlanta yeah. was ahead by yeah. sixteen. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And by the way, this game will be played at two thirty London time. Yeah, afternoon, two thirty yep. in the afternoon. So what does that mean? Well, we, the, all the talk about him at one p.m. Eastern, mm-hmm. uh, Kirk Cousins. Not quite 1 p.m. Eastern, but not not early morning, not prime time either. Yeah, but his body clock, is, I, I don't think it's that you look, he wakes up and he, because if someone, 
if everyone turned you think the clock, it's just not normal for if him. everyone turned the clock yeah. back to one o'clock for the night games, you think he'd do well? If the team had it, you know, yeah. I mean, I think it's his body's routine, right? So I would say that does it. I don't think that helps him at all. There, do you? No, no, I don't. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> listen, when AJ's got a pick. He looks. He tries to make it work. Everything to work in it. He's not afraid. I, I wasn't. I wasn't saying it. They just asked, and I was. No, but you were saying it, kind of saying maybe it mitigates her concern. Is what you're well, implying? <laughs> All right. I don't like this man. I like the Saints. I, I don't like them officially. I didn't pick them. But if I had to bet this game, I think really? I would. I just think if you take away that Minnesota game against Green Bay, and I'm not saying you take it away. If you take it away, doesn't look good. And then you might say, "Well, it's one of the three games." Except those are, if you take away Jefferson, but even it wasn't just Jefferson; it was what, the routes he was running, the combination stuff. I mean, it, it, I agree with you that Minnesota. I'm not betting on Minnesota. I'm betting against the Saints. If you take away that Mariota bobble on third and one, he picks up the first down, and now New Orleans is zero and three. What's this going to close? Three point two, I think. I, I see money pouring in on the bike, especially with Scott's well, that, trend. And like I said, and this is the market right now, minus 115, minus 120 on the two and a half. But, Fez, it's not a little outdated when you say, oh, he, they'd be 0-3? Because if they're 0-3 or not, the market, if they felt like it was coin flips either way, they, 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 they're not going to adjust it that much, right? I mean, how different would the line be if they were 0-3? Back that's, 10 a, years, that's a good point. Ten years ago, the line would be 4 and a half, but in, to, in 2022... It's it, power rating. It, it, yeah, people don't care. Would the, Colts, would the Colts be three-and-a-half-point favorites this week if they were 0-3? But them winning that game, in theory, told said something. Look right? at the well, Miami-Cincinnati game. Miami's 3-0, and and no one cares. They're betting all betting against okay. Miami. Yeah, but that's one's, That's interesting. What's the public? Pop up those bets, please. That line's never minus 4 10 years ago. No chance. I agree with that. But I don't think I, I think this is more about everyone. The pros are betting so much off the, the rest. It's checking the all fatigue. the – and you got the rookie head coach going on Thursday night. You know, the, all the boxes are getting well, that's checked. The, yeah. So the Saints are already in London. The Vikings are meeting as normal on Wednesday and Thursday. They're traveling to London um, 7 p.m. Well, Thursday. I like that better for the Vikings. Yeah, they're, they're trying to keep this week as normal as possible. Possible, and then they're traveling. We got a rookie like head coach doing th- that Thursday night. What I'm saying is that's a problem too. Yeah, right? they'll land at 8 a.m. Friday uh, morning. So I just happen to know this. It's very detailed. So they requested the Saints to play Carolina before their London trip, mm. and they aren't going home. Mm. So the game's in Carolina, then they're flying over. So that was the theory. This is like that boot camp effect. Right. Interesting. Now I don't know if they're going to have the right facilities to really yeah. execute, but I think they would. Or what? But here's why I think they do. They were in London in I think 2008 and 2011, and I'm not sure about the years, but it's that range. And both times they did the Carolina. So this is now the third oh, time so. they're doing this. Play Carolina. Don't go home. Go to London. So now the players weren't there, but. There's a lot of legacy knowledge about this trip off of that. This being the third time, I don't know. Is that probably a get some good airfare? But yeah, is that a quarter point? I don't know. I don't. Th- but I do think it's interesting. It can't be a huge negative if they wanted it I and agree. they've done it two other times. I agree. By the way, Minnesota plays next week. Also, do you know that, AJ? I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Minnesota <laughs> plays next week. I don't know if that impacts this game at all. And that's by request. Yes. And and to me, oh, Cousins in London, oh, oh, and one. 0-1 ATS. There's a lot of O's there. 
Tied the Bengals in 2016, 27-27. Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. At least he didn't win. I Put up 27 points. Okay. I wonder how many pick sixes there were. <laughs> do you really like this game? What I mean, uh, why do you think the market is— I'm just way so way down on New Orleans. I why? Just, why? Because I— I, I mean, Atlanta looks better. Atlanta's back. better than their, we thought. Their quarterback's injured. Maybe because the running back is injured, and their two wide receivers are injured. The whole team, all their skill position players are, are hurt, and the only reason I was bullish on New Orleans is because all these guys were going to be healthy. But are they hurt and out? No, they're hurt and, and playing. I assume Michael Thomas is going to play. This feels like— the Chicago bet. It's just if it's so obvious, why isn't it? I mean, this feels weird to me. I mean, it's almost looks. This almost looks like a trap game to me. But I, I wouldn't. I'm not betting against it. It just makes me pass it. All right, what are we going to do? I'm going to let you take over the game count. All right, Fez, you're two weight. No, excuse me, Scott, you're two weight. So we do RJ. We did RJ's three weight. Yep. Right? Yeah. Okay. So my two weight is going to be. The Seattle Seahawks. Ooh, this is gutsy. Going up against the Lions. Lions have injury issues. Uh, DeAndre Swift, um, unlikely to play. Amon Ross St. Brown is questionable. He's dealing with an ankle injury. So their two most important skill position players might not play in this game. Everyone loves the Lions offense. <laughs> Take away a running back and the star wide receiver. Let's see how much we love him now. Hawkinson mispracticed today. Exactly. Two offensive linemen I, likely out. I'm not buying all the love for the Lions. I understand the cover, and, and we're not going to deny that, right? How much they cover and fight for Dan Campbell. But I think their defense can be had. And looking at, at Seattle, they have had first half leads in two of their three games. And the difference that I think they'll have success-wise in the second half this week is that the Lions are allowing 18.3 second-half points per game. And so you have a bad scoring team in the second half that now gets to go up against a bad second-half team. How many points are they scoring in the second half? What's their differential? The Lions scoring in the second half? Because I'm thinking they have a nice positive differential in the second half, right? I mean, considering that Philly the game. Philly, yeah. Lions are averaging uh, 15 points per second half. Wow, so you're saying they're my, they're negative in the second, huh? Mm-hmm. Second half. By the way, we talked Philly, but you think that second half, or that second quarter number means anything? I mean, I think it means something that they score early. I think it means something in the f- first half. Yeah, 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 that's interesting. I mean, uh, no, nobody scores in the first quarter. The over-unders in first quarters are like seven and a half in most NFL games. Detroit third worst, by the way, in the league. It averaged second half points per, uh, against. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, third, that's it. Yeah. But now here's the question, and it's a Geno Smith question. Mm-hmm. His stats have been okay. Is, is this defense bad enough that he – because I think Detroit's going to score – Right? No so, question. But ha- if they're missing DeAndre Swift and Amon Ross St. Brown, I don't know how much they're going to Seattle's score. missing their secondary still, right? Yes. The, my point is Seattle has actually gotten off to good starts in these games. As I mentioned, well, we got. Had- I think we got to take the Denver game and say that was a very okay. unique game. Yeah. And they played horribly against the 49ers. Was who was the uh, 49ers? 49ers. And I mean, I don't know the. I didn't watch. They had a lead last week against the Falcons at the half. When the Falcons entered the league, uh, you know, we've upgraded them, but they were tied for the worst team, right? You had them? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So uh, as much as we're saying the Falcons have improved, we're talking, what what was your upgrade, point and a half? 
You said uh, two and a half. Two, yeah. all right. Which is significant, but it's still like we said. But like if you can't one stop game. Atlanta at all, you're not going to be able to stop Detroit. What's interesting is Swift. I think is a big deal. He's so much of the, the running back production. St. Brown has a whole lot of yards, but his yards per reception aren't that good. You know, so I don't know if if he's really matters as much. I as thought running think. backs don't matter, Fez. That's what the sharps say. Well, Swift is a, like a really good pass catcher, also. So he's this kind is of also, like, he's kind of more of a Kamara type. And Lions best yards per carry in the league. Remember, we gave the trend last week about the Lions being favored for the first time. Well, they closed as an underdog. Mm-hmm. So now it's twenty six straight games as an underdog. They're finally favored now. And to be favored by four and a half. Yep. I mean, that's not a small number. I mean, and let's be honest, we're seeing games that it feels like one team's much better than the other, Lions three. I mean, like, the Lions are, I mean, look at Indy, Tennessee. I mean, three and a half is, a lot of people, market thinks Indy's a lot better. We know Detroit's better in Seattle, and it's not close. Yeah. So how much how much value can we really have? I know the injuries. It's a good point, you mm-hmm. know, but still, Detroit's much better. I don't know. Seattle's the well, worst well, team well, let's in the go, league. Well, Let's hold on a second. Let's look at the preseason, entering the season, win totals. Where was Detroit? 6.9 wins. All right. So what was that ranked? I, mean, I think McKenzie has that. Mm. And McKenzie has it adjusted mm-hmm. for strength of schedule we did some work mm. on. Can you pop that, McKenz? Yes. McKenz? Herbs. That's what my uncle called. Hey, did, I didn't get a chance to hear the answer. So one of the things we're doing on Monday is we're asking questions of the SOVAM guys. Did did I get my answer? You got your answer. Yeah. Were you proud of it? Uh, no, not particularly. <laughs> Although I, I felt like I was honest. I said I, directionally, I want a quarterback who like wants to fight to get out there and play. But I don't think it was smart, and I don't think he was good. There's no way you can think he was good in that game. Staley. I've never seen the, the, the. I'm turning on him. Are you? Because you know I why? I feel it internally. Like because I'm like, what happens is now you've got a scapegoat, and you can say no matter what Herbert dies, it's someone else's fault. That's going to be beautiful. It might be. So here it comes. Lions were 24th ranked, and Seattle 30th ranked. So Lions just below seven wins, and Seattle just a little bit above five and so a half. So let's think about this now. So if we look at, and I, it's a little. Can you make it a little bigger? Man, I'm not sure why I make it so small. Um, Lions six and a half. All right, so it's point seven wins, right? Uh, it was no, six point nine versus five point six. No, it's six point five. That's the adjusted. Oh, oh, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, the adjusted uh, for you. You're, you're right. So, so, so you've improved. We're not just taking the season win number, but we're adjusting for strength of schedule, which is a much better measurement for how good a team truly is. And our range here was what do we do? A two point range. Three points per game. No, remember it was it was three. Then we moved it to two, right? Correct. And then do we. Say it again? Two points per game. Made that correction when you Okay. So two points per game. Uh, or per game, but what I'm saying is if the team that was ranked number one and then the team that was ranked 32nd in strength of schedule, it was a two-point range. Okay. All right. So in theory, you know, it's it's an adjustment, but it isn't an over. You know, it's, it's certainly, if anything, it's a little less adjustment maybe than it should be. It's not more. Okay. So point seven. The factor and, I use is 2.3. I go ahead. So, by that. I think you do some, something similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we would arrive at 2.3 times 0.7 at like a, a spread of just under 2 on a neutral. All right. And home field for Detroit? 2. Okay. So that, that doesn't get to 3, right? So maybe 2.3. It gets you 2.3. That's it. So three. All right. So now what's been the upgrades and the downgrades this year? So let's take a look at so that. So if these teams played opening game, 
it sh- line should have been three based on the win totals. Now let's see, th- did it get adjusted enough? Okay, so I've Detroit half a point better. Than they were? Yes. And I've got... Wow, that seems low. I mean, I'm going to give Scott credit. I mean... Injuries, they're banged up. Okay, okay. And Seattle, I have a, I have a point worse. All right, so one and a half. So that's what? Three, three one two, and a half, three. four and a half, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. 4.6, we're right where, where it is. All yeah. right. All right. Any closing thoughts? I got the stones to take the Seahawks. You're like the coach of the Giants. Brian Day balls of steel. I like the way we made the sausage on this one, though. Yeah, no doubt. And I, what I'm thinking of doing is having power ratings that I, I build from the season wins and just focus on adjustments, mm-hmm. then have other ratings that I'm looking at things like I do now and see how close they are, actually. I, I think, Mackenzie, I think the work we did on – Getting the adjusted by strength of schedule and then imputing power ratings and then using them from week one, it's, it's been, I think it's been very helpful. I think we just demonstrated how strong it is. Yeah. And there is a lot of liquidity in the season wins at this point. There's a lot. I mean, by come kickoff of the first game, there's a lot of money on oh, that. Oh, absolutely. Next game? RJ's one weight, the Washington Commandos. Okay. this is. I, a- I need to know why because this is like the third week in a row you're on Washington. Well, here's the thing. Fez was on Washington last week. That was mine. I didn't have any interest in it. But out of respect to the only two-time Super Contest champion, sometimes... And two more backdoor touchdowns than I would have covered. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Aren't you the one that gave a spread or a a trend recently that says if a team gets beat really bad, how good they are the next game? Mm, Was that losing? Maybe it was... Losing or, by 10 in week one, how they do in week two. But maybe you had the thing about getting shut out, too. In general, if you say, what's a bad thing that can happen, right? Getting shut out. Yeah. It's going to be like, I don't have them all memorized. Like but you blindly bet, yeah. 56% long term. What about losing by 20 or more uh, straight up? Okay, boom. What about losing ATS by 10 or more? They all, in their own way, are above 50%. If you get embarrassed... Then everybody the market overreacts. The coaches, mm. the market over. Yeah, yeah. So the one theory is that the, the, I, some people would say, "Oh, that team plays harder; or they're more focused." But really, I think what the truth is is that the market overreacts. Well, but I and think maybe with the NBA zigzag, they also are willing to make changes. It's one of those weeks they're not going to like say mods. That's a great point. And thus, it's another thing that maybe they trick them with the next game. Right, because a team that's rolling, that's mm-hmm. won all the games and covered every game, why why mess with it? Just hand the ball off. You know, that's what that's that's working. And know? that's why the mo- the jump you get when there's something like you lost by, let's say seven. There's hardly any effect. It's funny, but when a team gets where it's leading every show, how bad it mm-hmm. was. Like shutouts or mm-hmm. by thirty, those are not fifty six. Sometimes those are sixty three percent. Unless kind of they're bit. Cleveland coached by what was who was Cleveland's Hugh coach? Jackson yeah. or Freddie Kitchens? Uh, Hugh Jackson. Oh, I was gonna say it's in general it's the buy buy low sell high thing, and they're, like Dallas right now, how high are they compared to them after Dak got hurt after that game when it was like oh. So, Cooper Rush is a qu- I mean, they are way, way higher than anyone would have thought. So, Fez, and they've performed a lot sure. better. So, Fez, give us the journey of Cooper Rush. Because it's only been, I mean, not back to last year, but there was a lot of pessimism against the, ba- or in that Bengals game on Dallas. Right. So, Dallas, beginning of the year, rating was one and, better, one and a half better than an average team. Mm-hmm. Then, after the bad game against Tampa Bay and Cooper Rush comes in, 
I downgraded them and I made them a tied for the last team in the NFL. Minus six, seven and a half point so downgrade. What, right. So seven. Now the classic elite quarterback, average backup is in that seven range. Yes. Now I'm this hat. You don't think Dak? And I'm talking about an elite starter, not the. I mean Dak. Where would he be ranked? Forget this injury. What eighth, ninth, tenth? He couldn't exactly. have been above that, right? Exactly. He's like a point, point and a half better than an average quarterback. So in truth, if he was just that, and Cooper Rush was an average quarterback at the time, if that was the assumption, I don't think that it would have been more than five and a half point adjustment. Exactly five, five and a half. Well, no, but you don't know. It's exactly to your numbers. Yes. Okay, go ahead. But the, but the feeling was that Cooper Rush was not an average backup quarterback. He was worse. He was worse. Even though he was one and zero, and what what was that? The Minnesota, Minnesota game. Yes. And he played well. It wasn't kind yeah. of all right. so. But you're saying seven and a half point adjustment, and that rating was what at the time entering this uh, Cincinnati game. The team rating minus six. Okay, now what have you did after the Cincinnati? Now we, I had Cincinnati in our contest, lost. All right, what'd you do? To, Three uh, point upgrade. Now that's bi- uh, that's rare. Yeah, big and, time. That, a, that we're talking about, but most of that was Cooper Rush, right? Exactly, because basically, what is the reason of upgrade is not because they beat the Giants, mm-hmm. not a good team. Well, but this would have been Cincinnati this week. Right, they beat Cincinnati, and then they. Well, I'm sorry, I did a three point adjustment for the last two weeks, so I I bumped oh. I dumped I bumped Dallas two points for the Cincinnati win because I was like, oh, I don't I think Cooper Rush looks like an average backup at least. Mm-hmm. All right, he's now two and zero, and now that he beat the Giants, I'm like, you know what? I think he's an above-average backup now, and so I bumped him another point. It wasn't the defense that looked good against the Giants. The offense with Cooper Rush looks much better. So right now Dallas is what? Three points worse than an average team. Okay. It wasn't the defense I'm, that looked good. They, it was six sacks in that game. No, nah, they gave up They gave up 20 yards. And they, they, well, let's, they, stay, they, let's stay on this side, then we can dig in a little bit. But I want to get one more point out there. How does your line now align with the market? Um, that's a good question. So because, I've got, because these, I, are, these are like kind of these – like. A couple times a decade type situations, you you got to let the market guide you a little bit. If, if you're off the market by three, you got to reevaluate, right? Yeah. So I've got Dallas only one point better than Washington. Mm-hmm. I can only give them like divisional game one and a half, so mm-hmm. I only make the game two and a half. All right. So what we're saying is the market is moving. This is the answer to your question, mm-hmm. right? The market is moving. Five more points in you, or four more points in you? No, the market is right now. It's three, so it's a half point off my number. Oh, Dallas I'm is sorry, laying, one second. Dallas is laying three. I only make them two and a half. Oh, I'm sorry. Two. So the the um the the twenty cent uh, three being you know twenty cents. You're saying you're off by a point or so, then, right? Okay. Now, do you yeah. are you willing? But when it's off a market, you could be right. But you're saying Dallas and Cooper Rush isn't as good as the market thinks they That's are. That's right. But you've just made drastic upgrades, which means the market's made even more drastic yeah, upgrades. Yeah, because think about like the the talking heads are like, oh, I don't, I don't know if Dak gets healthy. I don't even know if he should. Well, be Jerry starting. Jones is saying yeah. it, but it's I also mean, the double recency bias. You were saying it with Washington looking so bad last mm-hmm. week, and AJ was saying everyone looking Dallas coming off the Monday night win. So. You got you're hitting it from both sides here. Yeah, this is a class, and it's my last weight because I don't have any real. Fa- I mean, to be honest, if I played this with cash, I would be betting uh, Washington on the money line. I believe it's a high variance team with Wentz, and we saw it last mm-hmm. week. Big downswing. Yeah, boomer. You play bust. the money line doesn't hurt. You know, you lost, you lost. 
I mean, I would. I mean, last week, if I would have, and again, it was a contest pick, but it was Fez's. If I would have played that one, I would have played it on the money line, which looks ridiculous now. But again, it would have been a loser. Mm-hmm. I think Washington is going to have like three or so real surprising wins this year, and a couple of surprising losses. Probably going to be you know eight, eight and nine. And Dallas, off, Dallas off the short week, so you have that. And were you surprised? What, what would you put the win total out for Washington? Seven. Really? Yeah. And you've downgraded them a good bit since. It- oh my goodness! Yes, uh, I've got them three points worse. I got a minus four. Hmm. And even even with that massive downgrade, I still say there's there's value with Washington. But what I'm saying is that shows you if you would have made a more moderate Washington downgrade. So that would have affected things where the line, the Dallas line would have went down more. So you would have had the Dallas line like instead of three, you would have had like a one. Yes, exactly one. So it, like you went as far as you could with Washington, and I still couldn't get to three on this game. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, and I hate these are one of those games you got. No, there's nothing to recommend it. It's it's the Jimmy Vaccaro. Well, the only thing to recommend it is the number. Mm-hmm. And and I got to be honest, I'm probably going to tell my clients, hey guys, you know what? I said I, you know, I was looking towards Washington. I played in the contest last week. You know, I look towards Washington this week, but I I don't know if I can pull the trigger. You know, I, I it's just how how I'm strong lean probably instead of an official play. And, and I feel like say, Lucy pulled the football from you from Charlie Brown. <laughs> I would say you're one you're one of your square. And again, there's very few things I'd say. Oh, that's a square tendency. But being afraid to bet that team the second and the third game. That embarrassed me. Not just lost, but embarrassed me. See, I yeah. think it's a source of pride. Yeah. I like, I'm willing to bet teams it. this bad. Although I will say, I used to be afraid of the closing line value, not getting closing line value. And one thing I think I did right one game because I. Uh, that's a good point. So you're saying this is something that you were too regimented with, but you opened your mind to. Yeah. So week one, if you recall, so I, I like Pittsburgh against Cincinnati plus six and a half. And then it went to seven and I was like, screw it. I bet even more. You know, I just kept pounding. Well, first Pittsburgh. of all, I think I'm the one I was so happy when it went to seven because yeah, I was thinking, I was like, Fez, what happened to your pick? And then, you know, the, the funny thing is, even though the pick was right. We still kind of acted like I was right because, like, the, you value the line moves so much. So much. And yeah. then I guess with the five turnovers or whatever, you know, you could say since he should have covered. They missed extra point, the missed field goal. Since he should have won, I don't know if they should have covered. Yeah, fair enough. Um, well, I mean, when it's 5 0, it's usually 17 points of win. So 5 1. It was 5 1. No, it's 5 0. I'm almost sure. I'll bet you 100 it was 5 1. I'll take it. Okay. Mackenzie, what was the turnover? I'll double check. I'm pretty sure it was 5-1. 5-1? I don't think so. I think I checked it. I think I checked the 5-0, and I think I checked it off of. Well, yeah, Mackenzie's I, probably looked it up already. So what was it? I'm just thinking. I'm not going to bet more. So No, I wasn't. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want more. The longer delay. Is if Mackenzie like... says he thinks I'm wrong, Ooh. I can't say it. What is it? 5-0. All right. Son of a... <laughs> Fez, you should bet more with me, is what I'm saying. You take an Ellis, you take an Ellis Island voucher? Yes. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> All right, baby. I can eat tonight. Uh, more than I can. <laughs> that was good. Uh, he's getting funnier. Yeah. All right. Is that good? Uh, yeah. Last weighted game is a crossfire between Fez and I on our one weights. Oh. All right. Let me guess. Tell me. I don't know who's playing what. Tell me the teams. I'll tell you who's playing what. Jets, Steelers. 
Oh, wow. We had that argument earlier. Yeah. This is interesting. So wait a minute. If any other week you say Jet Steelers, AJ's on one and you're on the other, I make a big bet you're on the Jets. But no, right? It is right. I'm on the Steelers. He's on the Jets. So even – oh, okay, I guess that makes I'm, sense. I'm you're, you're, down, you're down on Pittsburgh. Yes. Okay. So I guess it all makes sense. Go <laughs> Yeah, and it's Steelers minus three and a half. And I guess I'm sorry to interrupt, but I guess the reason it threw me is he had Pittsburgh out to be such a bad team. I know. I'm almost like, well, if you're playing Pittsburgh, that means you're playing like a bad team. And AJ doesn't do that, but yes. maybe they're not really a bad team. But go ahead. I'm playing the favorite Steelers here, and this is a Zach Wilson fade. Wilson stunk oh, sure. as a rookie. Now he comes stunk. in. He was worse than Trevor Lawrence. He, he was the worst. And now he missed the entire preseason, and I think he's a downgrade today oh, from sure. Joe Flacco. Is that even a debate? What did you do? Oh, that's I, that is most certainly a, a debate. I, in your opinion, in my opinion, I think it's a half point upgrade. In oh, game I one, disagree. in game one, that's that's a good point. That is an excellent point. Game one, no, it should be, but probably because of the lack of preseason, it should be yeah. comparable. And even if he had preseason, that but, for, but I do think the rest of the team, like like no, you think the rest of the team won him? No, I think I think teams tend to respond well to changes like this. Look look at the time when they when they when the Bengals benched their quarterback and oh that oh no, my that's god that's a bad example. Don't bring that up. The, but here's the thing: this isn't a change. This is Mott's. Mm. Is we got a quarterback that we might have made a mistake on when we drafted him. Mm-hmm. He was so bad, but you know what? Instead of the Josh Rosen. Which give Arizona credit? They said, "Listen, he was so bad, he's out of Cut here." Cut our losses. Yeah, they're saying let's do another year, and certainly another year. You would think, and you don't think those players realize? I mean, they don't know what projection a year two is. They know that he was as bad as anyone in the last ten years in the NFL. And I, and I have I have the Jets rated as again a tie for the worst team in the NFL. Even with that, they're, they're at the bottom. But they're, this doesn't have to do with the marginal difference of the quarterback. You believe Wilson's an upgrade. We believe it's a downgrade. Probably the whole pick hinges on that. Well, how much further can I downgrade the Jets who do have talent than the worst team in the NFL? Then you might have had them too high to start with. But, I mean, do you think they sh- they, they're clearly the worst team in the no, NFL? No, I don't. Okay, so I've got them tied for the worst, the uh-huh. Jets. And but it just, just proves how bad your Pittsburgh number it, it, this is. is exa- it really this does. Is exa- this, 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 this has nothing to do with the Jets. This is all about my Pittsburgh power rating. I've got Pittsburgh. No, if anything, you probably got the Jets too low, especially yep. if Flacco was playing. And still they got I make value. this game three because I've got Pittsburgh rated so low because then in a nutshell, I feel that I, tr- I want, Here's what I want you to do. Read the teams from 32 and stop at Pittsburgh. This is his universe. Go ahead. Jets. All right. Houston, mm-hmm. Chicago, mm-hmm. Seattle. Mm-hmm. They're all tied. Continue. They're all I don't tied. care about any of that. Keep going. New England. Mm-hmm. All right. With, with a backup quarterback. Yes. So throw that out. Pittsburgh. All right. Think about that a second. That is the, the – have you heard one discussion about the worst teams in the league? Is it, is it the Steelers? No. I, I, I'm fascinated by this. How, you, how do you, you don't have Carolina below Pittsburgh? No. I've got Carolina rated the 20th. That boggles my mind. See, that, that's what yeah, I'm I, I would make an argument for Carolina. Me thinks you're crazy on this. I could see Carolina being the worst team. McKenzie and I were talked about it today. Like I, I, mean, I might be lower than everybody on Carolina, but I was like, you can he's make got, an argument. They're he's the got worst. The Steelers seven slots below them. It's crazy. Fez, I think you're a little wrong on Pittsburgh. Well, the fact that Mika Fitzpatrick does with the fact they've been. Let me ask you this: Did the Steelers overperform Big Ben's first year that he was hurt when they went eight and eight? Oh, completely. Okay. Oh, they went eight and five. 
to end the year, right? Oh, the, uh, good point. Did they overperform the next year when Big Ben's limping around and they still go? Completely. I think they made the playoffs, didn't yeah. they? And yes. then they made them. Th- or they started 11 0 the next year. All, all, That's they, what they, did. all they do is, is outperform expectations consistently. So, you, you, so, can we really think it's all luck when they do it? I mean, this is a team that's just got tenacity, got to keep fighting. It's I think, almost like. I, the, think I, I think I read that somewhere, you know, it's an obscure stat that Tomlin's never had a losing year. So maybe they will this year, but I'll tell you this, the idea that they're going to be like, that rating projects to what uh, record? Four and 13? So minus four times 17 is 68 points. So that's um, lose two wins off of an eight and a half. That's a six and a half win team. I mean, so, so what you're saying is that them going six and 11 is what you're projecting effectively. Yes. And, and what's their win total right now? Now, this is going to be interesting. I think it's over. I, I, I think I, it's probably seven. And well, if so, I'd be happy yeah. because, yeah, because it, it would make your point. Yeah. yeah. Or I, thinking about the way you're saying yes. it, I'm not sure it would be. Maybe you know, maybe, a, maybe like, like when I look at. Yeah, I thought oh. it would be that. Oh. And, and I'm telling you, th- there is a lot of sharps that is anti-Pittsburgh, though to me it doesn't. Let, real quick, let's do what you just did again because I'm not sh- I want to make sure it's right. So how did you get six and a half? So I took my, my rating of minus four. Okay. So I multiplied. All right, but if they that's play an average different. schedule. That's different because if, if you're 27th, your rating probably typically is below minus four. Yeah, could be. Could be. Well, I think almost certainly. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe that's what it is. I think that's what it is, that the four worst teams are minus sixes. They're way worse than okay, Pittsburgh. Okay, okay. So, what, so, so you're you hearing, got them as the worst team that isn't garbage. obviously horrible. <laughs> yes, there's mm. a huge jump between the bottom four and then up to Pittsburgh. But don't you see, Faz, that this is where the Carolina is throwing games away and Pittsburgh doesn't? Ten, yeah. Then you see what this is in the mid in this lower middle class. It would be like that's where it's going to exert itself. He can go eight and eight. He's not going to beat Kansas City with that Tomlin, right? But he beats the Tennessee Titans. And you so, know, I'll double down. I say Pittsburgh goes under the six and, and a half. Three hundred. I'm, I'm not saying I love the six and a half. Yeah. Would I, you upgrade Pittsburgh if Kenny Pickett was the quarterback? No. Okay. There's okay, a I'm reason. I mean, but that's a good good point because I've certainly downgraded Trubisky. All right. Okay, but you still think. He's better than Pickett. Yes. I don't even know if I, I, I can qualify. You know, I, I've got Trubisky, the 29th best quarterback. All right? So barely the Steeler team other than Trubisky, he's not really dragging them down. Do you have I mean, Zach Wilson behind 29th. Trubisky? But that's I, how low the Steelers are. Is Zach Wilson lower than Trubisky? Yes. Wilson, I have as okay. my worst rated quarterback, four points worse than an average quarterback. And how much worse is the next to worst? Uh, Fields three points worse. So he's one point, but Flacco's worse than that. Half point worse than that. I, except Flacco's numbers don't show. I think you got some idea. I mean, the numbers weren't horrible, were they? It's a statue. <laughs> what is it? That's like that's like Matty Holt with the noodle arm stuff. Do I, when count, do I, do I count the hundred forty yards he threw again against Cleveland in the final ninety seconds? You'd say yes. Well, I would yeah. say those were the most important yards yeah. of the game. Yeah, they I mean, won, won the, the game. game. <laughs> it wasn't yeah, exactly garbage time. I mean, Joe Montana's game-winning yards counted. I think maybe, yeah. Beat that the Bengals twice. Thank I don't you. think we should count it. 
Fez, the funny thing was your big statement was doubling down was you were going to bet at the market with the line that so you were saying I think that by some little percentage I'm right as opposed to like oh it's uh, my no it's my one weight I mean it's my fifth strong no, no I'm not ta- I'm talking about your anti Pittsburgh that mm. you were screaming at me about all earlier. right it's like one point it's one point I don't know I don't know I, I mean what I'm saying is I haven't eaten in 72 here's hours. what I here's what I'm saying I have one I think pick it for the season would be. I mean, if, if, if I bet Pittsburgh on the win total, I'd want Pickett to start right now. I think they get a boost when he goes in. Maybe, but I think he's probably still worse the first couple games. I have him a minus four, so I'm rated the same as Wilson right now. Right now. I'm not sure that's One crazy. Game. I'm not sure that's crazy because it's his it's second only, year. It's only crazy when you think that Joe Flacco is worse than Kenny Pickett. Like then, a guy you've never seen play a game, yeah, and Joe, you're like, he's worse than Joe Flacco. Yeah, dude. And plus, Flacco's look better than people thought. Maybe I should have upgraded Flacco a little bit more. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, maybe I'm biased by the worst pick six thrown in the history of the NFL at the last game of preseason. Oh, well, yeah, that has well, to Well, that be should be pre- weighted very yeah. heavily. <laughs> and, and the fact you happen to see that is it's, the fun. You know, it, it, it's a good point that sometimes, like, like you quantify it. So it's, the, it's, it's just the randomness. I don't watch much preseason games. And I saw that, and I was like, worst quarterback ever. And the Jets are, are by far the most pass-heavy team in the league through these three games. Just under 75% of their plays yeah, are pass they, plays. Because they're Girls trailing every game. Now they're going to hand the reins to Zach Wilson. Oh, it's a disaster. I, I mean, mean this is over-under for... Is it three and a half for interceptions? <laughs> and, and the Steelers, what's the strength of their defense? Yeah. The pass. Another thing in favor of the Steelers' defense is Brian Flores and the familiarity going up against the Jets. Ooh, then that's interesting. That's I, interesting. I, I still say we're going to be watching the NFL red zone, and it's going to be 16-16, and Pittsburgh's going to be driving. This is a field goal type of game. Tom, well, Tomlin's got extra rest. He, he, he's he got motivation. Coming off a loss, I wouldn't want to fade Tomlin here. No way. Zach Wilson over a half of an interception, minus 230. Well, now the normal number is like minus 140, right? On yeah. That? yeah <laughs> uh, I, I, I've seen Peckham Tr- Trubisky's minus 135. Yeah. Now – well, but they're game managing him pretty bad. <laughs> you can't throw an interception running. Yeah, yeah. Zach Wilson's gonna be chucking. I mean, yeah. It, I mean, who knows if he got his sleeve the night before the game? Who knows what he was doing? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> All right. I've done my job. Taking Fez off. I mean, that was like a war to get him to concede like a half a point. So there's a couple games left. I'm gonna let you guys take it home, and uh, Fez will be back on Monday. Right. Absolutely. And Double podcast. Straight out of Vegas. AM. It's getting a lot of love. How how's the show in your opinion so far, AJ? Fantastic. Uh, I I've gotten nothing but positive feedback on it, and I'm actually having a great time doing it myself. So I think it, it, well, that's I, what's I'd like to think Scott will say the same thing. But when when you're excited to do a show every day, it's uh it's not work. It's it's good stuff. I can't stand it. I just <laughs> <laughs> no. We're we're having a blast, and AJ's right. I mean, nothing but positive feedback from the listeners, and that's what we're here for. We're here to service the listeners, so we're gonna do our best to do that every single day. Here's what I'll do. Faz, you're going to have to handle the Thursday look ahead by as, as the analyst because I won't be here for that. I'll I'm, just lift your excellent commentary from our previous fine. pod. But but you got your uh, – don't worry. But here's the thing. <laughs> I'll give you guys an extra kind of little six-minute, you know, off the off the dome, as they say, for um, one of the episodes coming up. Sounds How's good. That Love it. All right. And then we'll do a pick. I think we should commit, Fez, both of us doing a pick for their Friday show. So yes. it'd be all right. Yes. All right, boys, and and again, you you guys are taking it home. A lot of people say, "Hey, RJ's gone. Thank God." All right. <laughs> 
All right, these are the non-weighted games. We'll be quick with these. Let's start with the Bears at the Giants. The Giants, three-point favorites. I'll start with you, Scott. I assume you've got a strong take on this one. Yeah, I think there's a lot of anti-Giants sentiment just coming off of the short week and seeing uh, the inability to really close out the game against the Dallas Cowboys. They took the lead. They gave up 17 unanswered points in that game. But I stand by my feelings about the Giants that I talked about prior to last week, which is Saquon Barkley and his health and his his the way that he's carrying this offense. 81 rushing yards last week. He had the long touchdown run. He's contributing in the receiving game as well. And we know the Bears are getting nothing from their passing game, right? Like Justin Fields is the worst rated passer well, in the league because oh, he just doesn't pass. Dude, I got a, I've got a stat on his his turnover worthy plays. It'll blow your mind. Go ahead. So first of all, he's got zero big time throws this year. Six turnover worthy plays. His turnover worthy play percentage is nine percent. No one else in the league is even at six. And if you go back the last five full seasons, only one other player has even hit seven percent. And that was Mike Glennon last year filling in for Daniel Jones. Like Ouch. this, he's one out of every ten passes is turnover worthy. It's it's incredible. Yeah, I'm starting the Giants' defense in fantasy this week. Uh, to me, it's either Giants or pass in this game. The only reason why I didn't make the Giants one of my selections is because Sterling Shepard's now done for the year with the ACL injury. Kenny Galladay can't catch a pass, and it's looking like the worst contract signing that we've seen for an NFL skill position player. So their number one wide receiver is going to be Richie James. Is Tony uh, banged up too? He didn't play last week, yeah. so I got a banged up Kadarius Tony, and Richie James is the number number one wide receiving option for uh, Daniel Jones. I think it's a Saquon Barkley day. To me, it's Giants or pass. Yeah, I tend to agree. I I, I don't want to bet the Giants here because of that injury and because – Listen, Daniel Jones under pressure kind of like it looked like he just turned into a pumpkin. But he ran the ball well last week. Yeah. Now, does he do it coming off a short week? Does he run the ball? And then the but the Bears can't they can't get after the passer. A lot of hits last week. We also have to acknowledge playing against the Cowboys is is the Bears. They're 29th per PFF in pass rush. This is a a world. It's it's going to be almost like a relief that he's not looking across and seeing Micah Parsons and these guys chasing him. I agree. You know, we make like 95 percent of discussions on sides. It's I basically made it where the game is in the market. But game script total wise, this total is 40. First half will be 20. I can't see a high-scoring first half. I think both teams, uh, absolutely. You know, Chicago's not going to throw the ball, mm-hmm. and I could see you know the Giants being conservative as well without the receivers. This sure looks like it's going to be seven, seven, ten, seven, six, nine, three. First half, I like first half under twenty. All right, Bills at the Ravens. The Ravens three-point home dogs, and I'll, I'll start with. It's going to be really tough to bet this game until the the final injury report or at least the later week injury reports come out. These these may be the two most injury impacted teams. I guess them and the Chargers in the league right now. They both are just a mess, and not to mention you've got weather slash wind possibly impacting this game as well. I think the weather is the key factor here. So initially, this total opens fifty five, and with with is it Ian Hurricane Ian is barreling yep. up mm-hmm. the up up the eastern seaboard. Total comes all the way to 51, so it drops four points. 
Now the latest forecast calling for more moderate conditions. Might not even rain and like 13 mile an hour winds. So I think this is one where you literally just you if you're going to be betting props on this game, if you're going to be betting the total, you have to actively be able to like like get the latest forecast because it, it really the the reports change every 12 hours in the forecast. If this game was played in a dome, this is a dead nut over game. 56. Yeah. I mean, it, but it's not. It's not going to be played in a dome, and it's there is questionable weather. So that that's kind of you're right. You this is wait to the last minute, right? Yeah, and and if the the worse the weather, would that not favor Baltimore? Don't you think more? I don't know. Everyone says, well, the Bills can't run the ball. No, the Bills don't run the ball. It doesn't mean they can't. Mm. The Ravens have run and been completely unsuccessful this year, so I, I don't know who's a better runner. I mean, obviously Lamar's a good runner. Josh Allen's a pretty good runner too. I, I, yeah, well, we saw the Bills pass the ball in that game against the Patriots last year, and all that wind and stuff. This is what, but that was also like the most extreme sure, example. Sure. I, I mean, and if it's that, then nobody's betting. How, how much do we take into consideration the physical toll that last week took on the Buffalo Bills? Yeah, it's a good point. We all talked about Miami. Yeah, well, because Miami's playing a short week. Yes, but also you still have to acknowledge the physical toll that it took with. Players dropping like flies. But not Stephon on the- Diggs, he had, he had he had IV in both arms, and he says it's the first time it's ever happened to him like that. He had cramps over his whole body. But not it, the defense. The defense, you know, in terms but of the defense the, was already banged. In, up, in the, but, in ter- but in terms of the in terms of the fatigue, there is no Buffalo defense fatigue. It's all Buffalo offense fatigue. So well, here's yeah. an interesting stat and trend, and I, I don't know. I think it just has to do with the conditions or whatever. But over the last twenty years, teams coming off. Of a road game in Miami mm-hmm. the following week, 57, 79, and 4 ATS, 41.9%. And we did a, I, I guess, lining up with that, Buffalo does very poorly the week after Miami in general. Remember, we looked at that mm-hmm. last week. So that was the confluence of both of those would be we want no part of Buffalo. Correct. All right, let's go to Sunday night football, Kansas City minus one at the Bucks. This game has the potential to be relocated. If it does, it will be played in Minnesota if weather causes this game to be relocated. I, I think, let's face it, the, the Bucks. Whatever happens, this they shouldn't get their full – whatever you'd normally account for them for home field advantage, it's not going to be that because they haven't had the normal week at home – They've been training at Miami's facility. I think you have to dock home field advantage, even if they do end up playing at Tampa, because this has not been a normal home week. And for think them. about the distraction dealing with family and friends and their homes and whatever in the path of this hurricane. So it's got to be an issue with these players, right, Fez? Yes, but despite that, what's this? All of the money pouring in on Tampa. And, you know, this might be a case that people paying more attention to, like, the personnel and saying, oh, uh, you know, Tampa – their offense is no good because they have no receivers, but now they're going to get Mike Evans back with fresh legs, and they're going to get Julio Jones probably back, and maybe not factoring in what Scott just said. Boy, this is a a hell of a distraction for a team to have to play a home game. I'd, I'd much rather, in many ways, this game was in Minneapolis for uh, Tampa Bay, and they wouldn't have all these distractions, friends and family, and basement underwater. Are there even basements in Tampa? I don't know. I can't imagine. His Tampa's offense, I mean, listen, 17 points a game so far for Tampa's offense. I mean, in some of it you can point to injury. And that New Orleans game, how did they get seven? They were stuck on three for I mean, the whole game. Mm-hmm. Is, is the offense just not good? Like, and I feel like if you're scoring 17 points a game, if you don't The get Lion in, is, is gone. 
If you don't get up into the 20s against Kansas City, you might as well not even show up. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, Tom Brady has to rely on Russell Gage to be his number one That's offensive weapon. Good on that Scotty spot. Miller, baby. Scotty <laughs> Miller. Not so much, Cole Scotty. Beasley Cole Beasley. Trying to prove everybody wrong. Looks like an intramural team from yeah. college. So I, I don't. I don't like uh, the Bucks' offense right now. I, Would this not be a correlated parlay that the only way you could bet Tampa is to parlay them with the under? I think that's the only way, yeah. And, and it may be the opposite, too. If you like the Chiefs, you parlay it with the over. Although I could certainly see Kansas City winning 24-10. to 10. <sighs> Yeah, I guess I could, too. Yeah, I mean, because... I mean, if Tampa's offense really is the problem, maybe we don't count on them to mm. uh, to, to do their part. Tom Brady seven and two straight up and ATS after a loss with the Tampa Bay Bucks. And when Brady is an underdog um, after a loss, just in general, fifteen and one ATS in his career. Mm. All right, let's get to we'll quickly hit Monday Night Football and. I, so it's none of our best bet, but let's start with someone whose best bet it is. Let's go to the Hitman. Best bet, 49ers minus two and a half. I have these teams close to equal on a neutral field, but it's the matchup edge that pushes me over the top with making San Francisco a play. The 49ers arguably have the league's best defense that's matching up against this Rams offensive line that hasn't really been able to protect Matthew Stafford. The 49ers can get lots of pressure without blitzing, something that's given the Rams fits in the past, and it gave them fits in week one against Buffalo. On offense, the 49ers' ability to attack the Rams team that's weak at linebacker has led to great success over the past few years. Kyle Shanahan is 8-3 against the spread and 7-4 and straight up against Sean McVay. And what makes that even more impressive is the fact that Shanahan was the favorite in only two of those 11 matchups. Also, the Rams are underratedly injured. Sean McVay said it's the most injured that the Rams have ever been in his tenure, and the Rams are missing potentially multiple offensive linemen, as well as their number two, three, and number four cornerback. Because of the 49ers matchups, I make the game three, and I like San Fran under a field goal. Fez, what do you think about what the hitman's got to say here? I think he brings up excellent points. My only concern and why I can't endorse it is I was as high on Jimmy G being a big upgrade versus Trey Lance. And I did not like what I saw at all. I saw a quarterback that was making rookie mistakes, going out, walking out of the end zone. And if you caught the final two drives with the game on the line, he just looked completely uh, – there was no chance that San Francisco was, was going to win that game. Worst PFF grade of his career. If there's, a, if there's any hope, maybe it can't be any worse. Yeah, that's not, that's not a ringing endorsement. Um, <laughs> the – and San, San Francisco doesn't get a, a big home field advantage. Normally you get like, um, you know, a big game like this between division rivals and you're like, oh, there'd be an extra home field advantage. And it's like the wine and cheese crowd, you know, drinking their white Zinfandels. I just don't think the Niners have much of a home field edge at all. It's going to be a really close game. I got no dog in this fight. I pass. I'm, I'm the same way. I, I think... I, I think this game, probably maybe more than any other this week, is a it's sort of a, a moving week type of game. Like whoever wins this game is kind of, to me is the front runner to win their division because with what, with what Arizona's done, it tells me it's a two horse race. Both these teams have been disappointing relative to expectation so far. So uh, to me, this is one of the, one of the most important games to season long things uh, on the schedule this week. All right. 
that's going to do it. All we got to do is time shift to Fez's uh, weight loss conversation, which we will do right now. Enjoy that, and we will see you next week. Now, what would he say? Good, good news, he has a leg injury. If he w- he might have to get it amputated. He's um. Oh, that, that, that would really cost you. <laughs> that, that limits the cardio. Yeah. I thought there might have been something weird where he was going to amputate a limb or something. No. To, to lose weight? If it gets close at the end, will you shave your head? Huh? Oh, for the way? Yeah, would it be worth it? Now, that, that is one, fascinating. Is that one pound, AJ? I mean, that's, that's my brand. It would Let's cost half a pound. No, you know what we, could do? You know what okay. we could do, though? If we knew a week ahead... We could get people to donate to charity for it, mm. and then you could somehow we could probably earn t- probably 20k for charity off of you shaving your head. Then it will be worth H- it. Hell, if I can win my bet, my bet, I'll I'll, I'll do the manscape. I, whatever it takes, man. Okay. Well, you whatever be, it takes. Doing the manscape isn't like a punishment. Well, the hair's just got to weigh something. No, <laughs> it's gonna it. be. We're gonna have to. It's gonna have the sauna suit. We're gonna be outside with the shame bell from Game of Thrones, watching him run down the street to lose the pounds. So, Fez, who was the one person that thought you might be in trouble at the beginning? You. Why was it? Cider in the eye. If a man wants to bet you they could lose he 100 seemed, pounds. He seemed too anxious. He yeah. seemed too anxious, and I thought he might have had some kind of surgery planned. Who? That's knew? what I thought when I first heard about. You the mean bet. like the gastric intestine? Yes. Or he would like cool sculpting, like one of those things uh, that he was going to reduce, not liposuction, but reduce some fat. Yeah. How great Medically. would it, how great would it be if someone we won't say hold on, wish now, had a, a tumor in his leg that he knew it was gonna have to be amputated, and he goes around making a ton of yeah, genie sack at a thirty pound tumor removed from her ass. But think about that, Feds. What would he do? What would a true gambler do in that spot? He wouldn't let anyone know. He'd make every bat. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah, it's like a, we discussed what the odds should be, and it was, it, I was like, I tell you what, I'll give you, I'll give you three to one. And he didn't even pause. He didn't ask for negotiations. He's, he's like, all right, it's locked in, done. Is he usually a negotiator in those kinds? Much of Much more so, yeah. Yeah, it's almost like he knew the score before it does, the game played. It doesn't matter. All I got to do is get to one eighty, and it's a push. But how much is get it? Get that leather suit out. But how much is it? But here's the thing: that's like nine months away, right? Yeah, but once I'm at 180, I'm... No, that's wrong. I, I, I have to, I, Do you I, think you can't get past 198, but you're going to be comfortable at 180? Well, I don't yeah, have to be... Yeah, most people that lose 50 pounds no, I just keep have to, it off I just for have a to long weigh, time. I just have to weigh 185 or less every morning. 185. Yeah, for like months. It's fine. I, I tell you this. If you get to 180 and there's two months left, I think you're a plus 200 dog at that point. Well, maybe I'll just double down and make more bets to lose. Why not? <laughs> what do you think? Bacchanal buffet uh, I just I don't remember the last time I was 180, so. I have no That's idea. a good point. But just assume, have you been at the point where you feel like this is about as low as I, I, I need to go? I, you know, when a guy, you've always probably been the type because you lift, but you've always had, I'm guessing, a little belly. Yeah. You've got almost like a Russian power lifter look to you a little bit. <laughs> like, what was that dude on the wide world of sports? Yeah, he was always impressive. I I don't remember his name. Um, not quite that. But the... Magnus Magnuson? When you get down to... If you ever get to that weight where you don't feel like you want to lose, it's like a it's like a wow, right? Have you ever gotten to the point where you think, my weight's fine, I don't need to lose anymore? Yes. All right. And how hard was it to stay there? Impossible. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I think you shouldn't try to rush to 180. I think you should crawl to 180. 
There's no crawling to 180. He's seven pounds behind me. It doesn't matter, though. I'll lose. He's making 180. you got to make it. No, no. No, no. If he if weighs he, less than him at any time, then any it's over. Any day, he wins. Oh, then you're fucked. Yes. No shit. Yes. No shit. Oh, wait a minute. That's the point. See, I didn't even know that. Do you no, remember when, like. if he gets like, to 181st or if he gets one lighter so than me. So how did he negotiate that? He was, he weighed 300. But I did he bring, he's the one that brought that yes. up. I thought I could oh, be. Oh, man. I he thought I could. I thought. Oh I, could, I thought I could go up to 240 and still win the bet. You remember when we asked you at the beginning of this and you were like, what, what are Don't the- act like you were against this. You thought he had it logged. No. I said He said 99.9 that he wouldn't lose because he's like, at a worst, it's a push. And like as the as the pounds have fallen off Wishnev, I keep asking him. He's like, oh yeah, push at the worst. This is the first. Like he's shaking now. He he's, he's look, shaking from lack he's of trouble. My deep, I'll be the first to admit that I overrated my defense, but my offense can still get me there. I just have except, to like put except, up the, the the weight loss. If you're in a diabetic coma, though, it, it's not going to help. But if you noticed, go go to Fez's Twitter. Because there's no more comical, joking posts about send wish never stay a steak. Uh-huh. He's good. But, but those ended this week. Then. Yes, because I'm now focused he's, on he's, the clients and the handicapping. Now. We are oh, that's what it's we about. We are up eighty. We are up ninety-seven units year to date, people. This that, my clients take priority. Oh. Take full priority, even over run. weight loss yeah, get bets. This, get them like well, I wonder what you'd get on your SAT right now. Not not verbal. You want me to go get you some ice cubes to, to chew on? <laughs> you know what's funny? I knew something was because he really said like you're wrong to me like four times today, and I'm like he's not that dumb. What's he doing? <laughs> and, and it's like you're no down. no doing like once a month is probably a good move because otherwise you think I'm just like yeah. like agreeing with the boss. No no no, right? I don't mind you disagreeing at all. Yelling's but probably not the right. Yeah, idea. don't act <laughs> like there's no chance I'm right. Is you? But listen, I've had what was that thing I thought. I got something way wrong earlier about the, the not the overtime. conversion. Overtime. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah, something about overtime. Yeah, you guys hunkering down to those games more than me has advantages. I, <laughs> you know, I can tell you that. Um, you're screwed on this. I, I tell you this. You want any cross bats? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to buy out. If anything, I wonder how he. So you know his weight like every now, day, right? Every morning. There's so when a was the? Ju- how was? I don't even think mathematically he could have lost this much weight since he was like two sixty. Was he it? since documented videos? I believe it. I'm saying, but how? What was he skipping three pounds at a time? He loses 0.8 pounds a day. But he wouldn't be where he is at this at that point. No, he he consumes fifteen hundred calories a day. He and and he exercises three hours a day. You do the math. He's supposed to lose just under one oh, pound a day. No, you're screwed in that up. No, no, that math isn't right. What's I'm wrong telling, about it? What's wrong is that is the initial transaction. But what happens is it speeds up the metabolism, yeah. and you lose even more weight because of the working out. The mathematics of that, because like you, if you are on the treadmill like hard. You lose like 130 calories if you do it like 40 minutes. That is, it's not a Coca-Cola or that, because a Coke has 150 in it. You're not going to gain weight doing 40 minutes on a treadmill and drinking a Coke after versus the guy that doesn't have the Coke. You're not. <laughs> you're not. Right? Like because your, even your body, once, your body once you work out, your body is furnace. Exactly. Your body burns more calories. So you screwed after that up. He's got an injury. It's not over, boy. <laughs> Are you hoping it's bad? Yeah. 
Well, temp- temporary. I don't want any, I don't want any amputation. <laughs> Did he, now, here's my question. Did he seek any medical help? None. Did he get blood work done? None. Out, no, How no, do you know this? this? He's, he's self-made. He eats, he eats the same. I met with him for dinner. He brings yeah, his own no-calorie salad dressing. But he could have had He brings his, his salad dressing to Vegas. He could have had everything calculated, his blood work, his metabolic rate, so he knows exactly how much his macros no, that he has not to that eat. And sorry, Todd. He's not that calories. smart. You're giving him way too much credit. <laughs> he's, he's smart, enough to, yeah. He's, yeah, he's smart he, enough to take you for 9K. Well, it hasn't happened yet. Hey, if I win, I'm <laughs> taking you to the Bacchano so you better <laughs> shut he's, up. He's got the best of all worlds, doesn't he? <laughs> Here's what You're I, my white knight to get me burned. 190 to 180. I, but listen, when I would cut those last 10, 15 pounds, I had to stay that weight for like two hours. And then that's all I need. I need the one punched in 179.9. Once he, he, he's got two concerns. One is he gets beat to this weight and he, it's over, right? Or even if he gets there, your concern of mine is staying under 185. That's for the rest what of I'm time. saying. That's, but he, he, that's not a problem if he doesn't get to 180 now. He's got to get there now. I'm like a juggler, and there's two balls about to fall into my right hand, and I'm holding a ball. I got to take this ball and just chuck it up in the air, anyways, and catch these other two balls. I don't have time to worry about where this ball I'm throwing is going. I just got to get freaking get it out of my hand. Uh, that was Mark. You're marking the tape. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. I just want to make sure. Yeah. yeah. So many drops. And then I got another ball, and there's two balls, one in each hand. They're about to come down on my face. <laughs> Go ahead. No, what I'm saying is once I would make 185, I couldn't, like, had I just said, okay, I'll just go to 190 now, I couldn't have lived You're that six, way. You're 6'5", it's fine. Yeah, there's a difference, too, because you you were taking off unnatural weight. The theory is he might do that for the last whatever. Who now, Does he have to check in every day? No, it's optional. So you don't even know where he's going to be. I request it daily. And so does I he want, have to abide by it? Yes. Here's what I, last thing we'll say, we're moving time shifting this to the end. So one more thing. I had a vision of that phone call when he negotiated it, that he had a team of people around him. They had like EKGs and they had someone <laughs> in his ear saying what to say. At any, I mean, if this feels very orchestrated. When did he bring up if I beat you first? Was it an afterthought at the end? Like, oh, you know, throw in. No, that was from the get-go. He's like, oh. I bet I could be lighter than you at some point during the year. So he had it almost like a lawyer. Yeah. Where he, I mean, he had this plan all He weighed all 300. He was like, like that's like, what a great like, bet is, Fez. Don't you realize this? This is going to be a like book one day. He looked like from Sesame Street, the See, big elephant. Now he thinks ad hominem attacks are going to be the way against the. Yeah, that's what ad you want to do. Yeah, that's what you want to do. You want to psych him up. You want to psych him up to hate you. Why would you do that? You should say nice things about him. Say, you know something? This is what I would say. He looks really healthy right now. He should probably just stop eating. No, that's goofy. Because, I mean, that's funny, a little. But this is what you should say. Listen, dude, you talk me. I don't care how this turns out. You talk Relax a little. You, know, you don't want to do that. Not only did he take me, but he, like, played tennis against a guy like Ben Wilson, who's a great tennis player, who, like, smoked him. Who's Ben Wilson, first of all? He's he, not a great player. He was, like, a division Yeah, he's two. not. He's a, he, he's yeah. a great amateur. He's a great amateur. Okay. He played, like, division Two tennis and he smashed Todd. Right, like, right, right. And revenge of revenge match. Todd beat him like in a set. And, and was he practicing just for that? Well, he plays. No, he's practicing to take my nine thousand dollars. That's, that's, that's guy, how he, this, you can tell this guy is probably. Is he very like when he gets his mind on something? He's single track mind. Exactly. See, that was the conversation uh-huh. when this whole thing first started. Now, I was on the outside yeah. looking in, and we were even talking about this where I was previously. And the thought was, is that 
people were worried about Todd, that he would go to I was extreme, worried about Faz. No, but they were worried that Todd would go to extreme levels to win this bet. And then, what, he'd start acting weird? No, that he, he always acts something. That's what I'm saying. Do something <laughs> da- Sorry, dangerous, like not eat solid food for 90 days. You know, like do something that's unhealthy and unnatural to win the bet. Here's something I would say, Fez, is this is people are going to haul and maw and say no to this, whatever haul and maw means. They're going to scoff. And have you ever heard of the lemon, the lemonade diet? It's called. You've heard of this, I'm sure. Yeah. It's the syrup. Lemon and cayenne pepper. It's the, the cleanse, yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing about that. It isn't good to not eat anything but that, but it is a great thing to keep your nutrients up. If you're, like, not eating it, like, right now, you you look like you're, like, not your face, but your energy level looks like you're in your mid-70s. Fuck. I mean, right? you look way, you're kind of shrinking in your chair a little bit. So what I'm, <laughs> what I'm saying is you drink one of these, it's water, pure water. And it's lemon, has no calorie, and this cayenne or cayenne pepper, no calorie, and then it's got the syrup. It's special. Bring syrup. it in. I'll have two of them during our next pod. You can't have two. You can only have one. Yeah, well, here's don't the, overeat. Here, <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. Is it, one of those is going to be like 20 calories, like a big yeah. glass. It is going to energize you like for two hours. Have you ever had these? Uh, I've heard of the 10 day cleanse that you use this the but, lemon but, cayenne with honey and and other and cayenne pepper. And, and what it does stuff. though, it yeah. really does give you sugar at a very low caloric mm-hmm. cost. And it's alkaline, which keeps the weight. So what I'm saying is if you're going to be doing this where you're not eating for like 12 hours at a time, have one of those glasses. It will pick up your metabolism. the same thing with like a greens powder, though. Yeah, but this is but what I'm saying is this tastes good and it's sugary. It feels sugary, and when you're not eating a lot, you're not eating sugar, and that's what you crave. I got supplements. I got supplements you can take. I've done the Master Cleanse twice. You don't feel hungry after the first day. It does have a good mix of that's what I'm saying. That's what's called the Master Cleanse. Which is that's for like either seven. How many days? I did it three days. Like seven or ten days. I did it for anything you get. You gentlemen want to bring in? I will consume on air. All right. So because I'm hungry. So this is going to be the very end. So Fez, why don't we have you do your out now, and then we'll go time shift back. Hey, hey, let's be careful out there. That could be his last one. Next week. (laughs) 